Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. This is gravy. In the big picture, it's gravy. Now, we know when you have a chance to go get it, you go get it. You know that you're three wins from the Super Bowl, and they can win games against these teams. We know all that. But just get to pull yourself out of the small little cocoon of matchups with the Eagles and all this stuff to remember this wasn't supposed to be this year, and it's been a great year. Of the 16 games this year, there's not one game the Bears have been out of. Not one. You guys know as well as anybody, you've got a couple of overtime games. You've got a game that winds up on the one-yard line with Kevin White, you know, just shy of the, of the goal line. Otherwise, that one probably goes into overtime. So very rarely will you see a team go through a 16-game schedule and not have at least one game where they're out of it. They were so pumped up, and Mitch was telling me about how um, he just was really liking Coach Nagy and what he had brought to the table and how Coach had confidence in him. So I, I, I couldn't wait to see it all play out, and this season has been amazing. It has been tremendous. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Oh, come on, kick it off already. We got three and a half hours to talk about it, but man, I just want to see Bears and Eagles. The Bears are back in the postseason. Steve Mongo, McMichael, Fred Huben, they're with you for the next three and a half hours, getting you ready for the Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, Mongo, first time since 2010, the Bears get to the postseason. There were kids. Oh, there were. There's kids in junior high back then that are grown people now. Yes, there are. Playoffs are back in Chicago. Yeah, Who you, knew? You and I've been doing. Who would have sh- known? Yeah, you and I've been doing shows like this. You and me and JD and you and me and JD and uh, over the last six eight years, it's like yeah, nothing good oh. to talk about. Now we got something well, to talk about. Well, you know. It's better radio when you get to call somebody a moron, isn't it? Yeah, sure it is. Come on, let me hear that ding. We need the moron ding. I'm making them do shots already today. <laughs> ding. But you had you had to be a downer, didn't you? When you're talking about the kickoff, you made me think about Parky right oh, off the bat. Well, you know. You know he's in the locker room quivering because it's 15, 20 mile an hour sure he is. today. Sure he is. Ooh. He'll be doing it all day long. We got a lot to get to throughout the course of the show. You heard from Mike Tarico, Al Michaels, Tony Dungy in the open. We have a busy, we've had a busy, busy week with a lot of pregame, a lot of preview of the Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we're going to get to Mongo in the very first playoff game he ever played in. We'll talk about that. But last night, this was our guy, Jeff Dickerson. He'll join us at 1 o'clock, but this is what J.D. had to report last night. Not good news for the Bears. Late last night, they announced that Trey Burton, their highly paid starting tight end, is now questionable with a groin injury. So you have to imagine that happened during the Saturday walkthrough and not the late-night snack at the team hotel late last night. Uh, you know, Trey Burton's a big part of this offense, 54 catches. He talked all week about the excitement about facing his former team. So he's questionable officially. Uh, we'll see where, what his status is when we get to the stadium in a little bit. 
but obviously not a great sign this late in the game when one of your best offensive players pops up on that report. That's just mm. not good news for him because Trey Burton's a guy, he's like the safety valve. He's the guy that if Trubisky's in trouble, or he's a guy that they've ran a lot of plays for in the last couple of weeks. He had five catches last week. I want to say he had five the week before, and uh, they're getting Trey Burton back into the run of the offense. That would that would really be a hit to this Bears offense. It wouldn't surprise me to find out he's so excited about playing his former team. Uh-huh. That he got out there and was running around, you know, like like a brand new colt uh-huh. in the open field, and wasn't warmed up enough in that pregame warm up. Because you know, you you get out there before the the teams start practice, and you you running around throwing the ball and catching it. Yeah, but this was this was he got hurt last night or Saturday sometime. Well, they haven't divulged that yet. Yeah, we but, yeah listen, we know it could have been a walkthrough. It could have been. If a, it was at that team dance off, baby. <laughs> Yeah, Ooh, that would not be a good thing. You know things happen. Yeah. Well, wow. I've never been in a dance-off. You know, early in my career in the early 80s, we had a little receiver named Ken Mardrum. You remember him? From oh, sure. Stanford? Yep. We went out to the clubs on Rush Street and Division. Yeah. And that was back when they were slam dancing. Sure. And he got out there and was bouncing off people and rolled his ankle and couldn't play in that game that week. <laughs> and I let, him, I, I let him swerve. Oh, I rolled it in practice. Yeah. So, however this happened to Burton, subterfuge. We'll be interested to find out. Hopefully, Trey Burton can go because you want to make sure he is out there. The other big question, uh, health-wise, is the condition of Eddie Jackson um, earlier this week. That's uh, big. Yeah, that's a really big one. And earlier this week... You know, it's a big man up, too, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, we got Mongo's man ups uh-huh. coming up later uh-huh. on around one thirty. We got Mongo's man ups. Maybe I just got Volcher right there. You you might have, uh, but we've <laughs> well, got. Let's think about it. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, here's here's what uh, Nagy had to say the last time he talked about uh, Eddie Jackson and his condition. He'll be a game time decision. He was limited today. Uh, he's literally literally going to go right up onto it. Uh, we'll test him out, see how he is. Um, he was. He was able to uh, get in there a little bit today and do some individual work and then uh, jump in um, in, in the practice uh, certain spots. And so we'll continue to just keep talking to him, see where he's at. But it's literally going to go, um, you know, right up until game time decision. Now, see, that doesn't sound great for your free safety. He needs he needs his ankles ready to go. Wow. The last thing you want is for him not being able to make a cut and all of a sudden Alshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar or somebody runs past him. Well, yeah, he tries to flip his hips, and that ankle bites him, and yeah. he and Jeffries is gone. Yeah, that's not good. Well, here's the other question, and this came up during the course of the week: which is better, an 85 percent Eddie Jackson or a 100 percent Deion Bush? You want to wow. go with a guy that's maybe not as good of an instinctive player, but he's 100 percent health wise, or a guy that's a an all pro? He got named all pro yeah. this week, Eddie Jackson. But a guy that health wise is not one hundred percent. You know what Gary Fensick's value was at the end of his career, baby, because he had a knotted up knee that wouldn't even flex out straight. Okay, so he wasn't even eighty percent of what he used to be. But there was no mental errors, and the communication was wide open, and there was no open receivers running without nobody covering them. When Gary Fensick was back there, yeah, there's Eddie Jackson. That you know his his value sure. right now, even sure. though he's got a bad ankle. I think last week it helped a lot uh, with Deion Bush playing against 
a team like the Vikings where the Bears knocked off the Vikings. They put pressure on uh, Cousins, and then, you know, Thielen wasn't catching the ball and Diggs wasn't catching the ball. I think that game helped because you knew that Cousins was going to be looking for those two guys and Deion Bush was going to be put to work. And if you don't hear the name of a free safety, that usually means he doesn't screw up. And he didn't screw up at all. Played a good game last week. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles are, are a little different than the Vikings. Did the Vikings run any trick plays? Uh, no. Not that I can The remember. Eagles are going to. Yeah, they probably will. And you better decipher that or somebody's going to be running wide open. Who do you think of the two coaches, um, Matt Nagy or Doug Peterson, will run more trick plays in this game today? It's going to be a pretty good, you know, it's going to be exciting. I bet you there's four or five of them run between the two of them. Yeah, two guys that uh, were... Well, you might see one or two in the game. Yeah, there are two guys that were sitting there, and they were always together uh, for, you know, putting plays together and working on tape and all that kind of stuff. For six years, they were yeah. together all well, the time. It's how they try to express their importance and their genius in the game. Oh, look what play I dialed <laughs> Philly, Philly. Yeah. Okay, here's what I want to ask you before we get more into this game. Like I, said, I, would, I would get Burton's bad groin out there just to run the Philly special on Philly. Yeah. There's oh, a, yeah. There's a lot of people that are saying maybe it will be run against them. We'll have to wait and see. And as I said, we've got a lot's going on. We've got J.D., Jeff Dickerson joining us at 1 o'clock. Mongo's Man Ups at one thirty. Tim McManus, who follows the Eagles for ESPN, will join us at 2. Our bold predictions, both Felix Reyes and Sean Davis, both here today. Yurko's keys at around 2.45. And then before we're out of here at around 3.10, we've got a year in review, and hopefully there'll be some things that can be added to it uh, when it comes to an end. But Eric Kostrowski put together a nice piece uh, reviewing the Chicago Bears season all the way back to the day that Matt Nagy was hired as the coach of the uh, Chicago Bears. We've come a long way. Think about it. January 2nd last year is when John Fox got fired. Lots happened in uh, a year year and a week, you know? That's what happens when you get rid of a moron. You get a little smarter. There we go. You know... I'm going to self-deprecate here. I, I didn't pick these bears to go 8-8 eight and eight before the year started. Uh-huh. Moron. <laughs> You're calling yourself a moron today. Well, every now and then, okay. ignorance <laughs> is a virtue. You know, I wanted to ask you, because you are obviously a guy that a lot of times it comes up, these 85 bears, and uh, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll compare the 85 bear defense to this current defense in a little bit. But um, Sacrilege. Yeah, your very first... Your very first playoff game. I went back and looked, and I mentioned it to you, and you knew right off the bat. You knew right away what your very first playoff game was. Oh, yeah. You know, I've got an IQ that I could afford to lose some brain cells and still remember (laughs) things, Fred. Oh, yeah. The Washington Redskins been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. The year before we played them, they lost uh-huh. to the Raiders. Yep. But they're still a Super Bowl team, and we're playing an RFG against Theismann and the Hogs and John Riggins. Yep. We did our club dub in the locker room after that game, baby. And then what happened the following well, week? You know, we, <laughs> when you act like that, you just won the Super Bowl, but it ain't. What do you think is going to happen the next week? You're already on vacation. Oh, you go out to free. That's when the fans told Dick, next time, bring your offense. Yeah. Oh, they, they were saying that, weren't they? Yeah. And a 23 nothing game. Or 23 nothing was oh, the final there, right? Yeah, no, no. And you guys won 23-19, I think, against Washington. Uh, and the thing I wanted to ask you is, a lot of people talk Mitch Trubisky, his first playoff game. There's a big difference between nerves of a defensive lineman 
and a quarterback, isn't there, going into a first oh, playoff sure. game? Because you you have an idea. You know what you can do. You can go on in, in, in there and take it take it to a guy where the quarterback's got a lot of things. He's not sure what's going to happen. Here's the difference, Fred. Now, you pick out which one I'm talking about. One of them's vicious, and the other one's deer caught in the headlights. Okay. Now, which one do you think I'm talking about? I would think you were vicious. Uh, the, the defensive lineman is vicious. Yeah. A guy like Eddie Goldman today, vicious. Yeah. Well, Akeem I just, Hicks. I just told you the difference yeah. right there. Sure. A Leonard Floyd wants, it, wants to bring it today, where you've got a Mitchell Trubisky, and hopefully Mitch isn't worried about failing. Hopefully Mitch is worried about getting in there and just doing what's called, uh, running the plays. Look, hopefully he's not so instigated by I have to win the game right. that he flubs it up. Uh-huh. You know, the, that game against the Rams, him and golf both, I'm going to win this game. Seven interceptions. Right. Don't do that today. No, you cannot do that let, today. Let your defense club down this Eagle offense. And I don't care if you got to win the game 10 to 6. Playoff win, baby. Yeah, a win's a win. Trubisky on his uh, first opportunity to play in the postseason. We're and, very excited. And we're just going to treat it uh, like the other games uh, that we have throughout our season. Obviously, we know every, everything's going to be turned up a notch, uh, but we will be too. So we're going to go in there well prepared, uh, play our tails off, stick together as a family like we've done all year, and, and just continue to stick to the things that have got us to this point. So that's what I'm sticking to. And, um, and then we'll just go out there and play as hard as we possibly can. Your ability to. Now, there are, there are guys that will hear the, a cut like that and say it should have been cut earlier, but that's, an, that's another thing. Uh, there are guys that will hear a cut like that and say, listen, Mitch keeps talking about family and all this other stuff. And if you're a fan, you may not think much of that. But as a member of the team, that means a lot, doesn't it? You know how all year we run his interviews and I have a problem with something he said in that interview? Yeah. What he said in that interview, I got no problem with. Uh-huh. If that's what motivates him to wake up in the morning and your due diligence, right? So you're ready to play that game before it starts, and I mean, in the film room and on the practice field, you've gone through all those situations and scenarios in your mind, so it don't shock you and take you by surprise right. when it happens. You know, that's the playoffs are another level, and that's what that means. Yes, it is. Shocking things happen, and how do you react to that? Uh huh. You start quivering, you think you're going to make another play, or you're just going to keep screwing up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you can't the do that. The smartest thing he said, uh, at quarterback's level, now, offense, defensive lineman, but skill positions, you better play in the playoffs like you played all year, that rhythm and timing, calm, cool, and collected, because if you think you, you get to another level, you're quivering. Yeah. And you ain't in your norm. What do you think is going to happen, Fred? Yeah, bad things. Drop passes, fumbles, injuries when you're playing over your skis like that. I wrote it down in two of his uh, lesser games, okay? He talked a little bit about the Packer game when they had the uh, 20-point lead and they ended up losing. He said he was trying to do too much. Then in that Rams game, which you talked about, he said he was too amped up and he was trying to make all-world plays. You're a quarterback. Your job is to go on out there and just make the plays that are called for you. Your your general, your offensive coordinator, your head coach, they lay out the game plan. All you got to do is go on right. out and execute. You got a quarterback's mind 
I don't blame a quarterback thinking he's got to make all-world plays if his defense sucks. Right. Mitchell Trubisky, you got you got the best defense in the league. It does not suck. No. So should you go out there and try to make all-world plays or conservative? Sure. Instead of, oh, I can fit that in. You know, that was Cutler's problem all them years. Yeah. Oh, i got the greatest arm in the world. I uh-huh. can fit that in there. No, you can't. Right. You know, Cutler's arm better than Trubisky. Oh, sure. He couldn't even fit it in there, no, Fred. No, no, he couldn't. Here's what uh, Matt Nagy had to say to Mitchell Trubisky going into the postseason. To to not change, for him to uh, continue to do just what he does. Don't make, don't put any extra added pressure on himself. Don't don't do it as coaches. We need to be there to help him. Um, and it is. I mean, shoot, you just look right here. There's about twice as many reporters in this room than there normally is. That's the first example. <laughs> so it's uh, that's just how it goes. There's 12 teams in this thing right now. Uh, it's not going to be uh, anything completely different from him. Like he, last week, he had a little bit of a test of it, and I thought he did a great job of handling the situation. Uh, and for for uh, for all of us, it'll be a, a a new situation for us together for the first time, and I'm looking forward to it. Here's where you got to look at Mitchell Trubisky. His last three games, okay, last three games, no interceptions. He's tw- he's 63 for 83, 644 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a 109.7 quarterback passer rating. The last three games, he's 17 for 21 on third down, 17 for 21. And he's got a completion percentage of 75.9 in his last three games. Now, that's what you want to do. That's what you want your starting quarterback to be doing as he's approaching the postseason and the playoffs. you got games against Mm -hmm. San Francisco. uh, I'm sorry, Green Bay, San Francisco, and Minnesota. Two of those on the road. One of them against the Minnesota defense that's struggling to stay into the postseason or get into the postseason. And he played well, did not throw a pick in the last three games. You know who I give the lion's share of the credit to, don't you, Fred? Who? Nagy, you know, as the year goes on, a, a head coach that's pretty intelligent learns what his quarterback can do and what he can't do. And you put him in the situation he's got to make a thinks he's got to make an all world play. Yeah, you called the wrong play, not him making the wrong play. Sure, just don't call that play. Get, call the play that he's good at and. Pretty accurate and biggest percentage of the time when you see him do that in practice, he does it. Yeah. You know, all, you know, scripting them game plans in practice, those first plays, that's what that means. All right, now, wh- what can he do And the biggest percentage of the time, just like in practice, it works? No, everything don't work all the time. No, it doesn't. But you look at practice, and all right, here is, and all week they film that. All right, here's the biggest percentage of what he does best. Don't you think that's in those scripted plays? Sure it is. Come on. Sure. And you want to you want to get your quarterback off to a good start. You want to you want to score on that first drive. You want to take the early lead. Bears have been pretty good at that. And another thing is, you work all season long to have your first playoff game at home. They were 7 and 1 at Soldier Field this year after a couple of years ago not winning a game at Soldier Field. This year Ooh. 7 and 1 and now they have the opportunity to play again at home, and that's what you work so hard for. And you want you want people to be afraid to come into your building. Those the Bears were tied for the best record at home in the NFL. Two teams seven and one. That's it. Nobody else was seven and one. So, boy, is that a change? Yep.
You're not kidding. I remember a couple of years ago they won one. <laughs> then the next year they won two. I said they're trending up. They are trending up. Yeah, <laughs> they went. Yeah, yeah. Fi- finally, and now they were seven and one in this season. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Philadelphia fans walking all around town as they're right. ge- geared up. There she is. Can you hear me out there? Spend some money in our fair city and get out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're ready for the Eagles and the Bears, a 340 uh, kickoff. Now, you were talking about plays and maybe the way that um, Matt Nagy plays it. Now, over the last five games, let me see here. Last five games, Jordan Howard, 399 yards, four touchdowns, and a 4.5-yard average, okay? Uh, he matched 2017 with his total touchdowns with nine. Now, Jordan Howard has been running the ball more. Now, Matt Nagy said numerous times throughout the course of the year, we're not going to just change our game. We're going to use whatever works. Dan Wiederer from the Tribune, who joins us all the time uh, on the station, he talked about Jordan Howard. He talked about that, and it ties into what you were talking about with Matt Nagy and his play calling of Trubisky. Give it a listen. This is Dan Wiederer talking about Jordan Howard in his last couple of games. I had a stat in something I wrote for this week that if you took Jordan Howard's December numbers, it was five games, and you extrapolated them out over a 16-game season, it would have been 1,277 yards and 13 touchdowns. That's a really good year. And so it was a piece of evidence that shows that the Bears leaned on him. They leaned on their running game more down the stretch of the regular season. And it's no coincidence that, that some of that uh, philosophy shift came after Mitch Trubisky threw the three interceptions against the Rams in that primetime game in Week 14. And I think Matt Nagy had a moment where he saw his season flash before his eyes and said, whoa, we're going to have to try to figure out what the best winning formula is for this team. Special defense, reliable running game, young quarterback who's still capable of making big mistakes. And so they kind of tweaked things. That Rams game, after Mitch threw his third interception late in the third quarter, the Bears didn't throw another pass the rest of the night. Jordan Howard had seven carries, 42 yards after uh, after Trubisky's third pick, and that was his first 100-yard game of the season, had his second 100-yard game of the season this last week against the Vikings. And so it's clear that they've done two things. Number one, sort of relied on the running game more and, and now sort of adapted to what defenses are doing, daring them to run more, and, and responded to that. And, and Matt Nagy said this week, that's part of the chess match. you got to have the give and take. When you see how defenses are defending you, all right, now can we adjust and, and sort of make them pay for how they're daring us to beat them. And the Bears have done a really good job of that down the stretch. It's why they won their last four, and it's why Jordan Howard has sort of reappeared on the radar as an important part of this offense. Now, see, they, they changed it a little bit, and Matt Nagy had always said, listen, we'll run the ball when we need to run the ball. Well, he see he saw, maybe as Dan Wiederer mentioned, that maybe it's a good time to start running the ball because, you know, you're not going to be throwing all these deep balls after Mitch throws three interceptions against the Rams. We're going to run the ball when we need to run the ball, did he say? Yeah. He, did, he didn't realize it's a necessity? Well, you know, he always wanted his running game to be better. But he comes in No and- quarterback ever thinks they need to run the ball, baby. <laughs> well, it, you're right. It is a necessity. And they knew that it was going to be something that they had to start doing. Well, they've started to do it over the last four games, or five games, as I mentioned. Four touchdowns and almost 400 yeah. yards for Jordan Howard. Well, you know what's on, on film for the other co- defensive coordinators around the league while our running game has opened up? Oh, you're going to throw the ball, are you? Right. You think they're defending the run? Nope. You're going to throw it so much, you're going to throw three picks? We ain't going to defend the run. Yeah. 
We're going to sit back and pick the ball off. And now they change and it up a little bit. And now they're running things open. Yeah. You know, just the Dallas Cowboys playing last night. You know, first half of the season, they're three and five. Yep. Before they get Cooper there, and they're stuffing Ezekiel Elliott. Well, they get him there now. They're going to go downfield to him. Well, now Ezekiel's got a little more. He ends up leading the league in rushing. Yep. He looked really good last night. Do you understand yep. how that ties in? Oh, you got Cooper, so you're going to throw the ball? Well, they ain't defending the run. Right. That, you know, it's, it's not astrophysics, Fred. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's just a, it's not even a handful of things. You know, like I told you, coverage, there's one, two, zone, and there's a combination. <laughs> There's That's not it. 40 or 50 coverages. It's not that complicated, right? Yeah. yeah. And playing defensive line, you either got this gap or that gap. And when we played, we had both of them. Right. When, right. We, when we come back, we'll take a look at the people that are comparing this Bears defense to the Bears defense of 1985. And those are silly people. But we will look at the numbers. <laughs> we'll look at how the numbers look. You'll hear This is my hypocrisy. I never give a rat's patoot about stats. But uh-huh. when they start comparing them to my defense, yeah. oh, I'm going to give you some stats. <laughs> we'll baby. give you some stats when we come back. <laughs> it's Mongo and Fred. We're here until 3.30 on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, welcome back in. We're talking Bears and Eagles and why not? The Bears are back in the postseason for the first time since 2010. Steve Mungo McMichael, Fred Eubner, and Steve, we got some stats and some numbers just to compare these defenses once and for all and, uh, you know, everybody knows. I'm looking at an article here said just how crazy good was the 85 Bears defense. And it said it will always be remembered as one of the best. Buddy Ryan devised the 46 defense, which helped the Bears post a 15-1 record. Uh, their only loss, we won't bring that up. Ryan's defense led the NFL in seven defensive categories that season. Okay? They, the Bears led in points allowed, 198. Yards allowed, 41-35. Rushing yards, 13-19. First downs, rushing touchdowns, they allowed six rushing touchdowns. I think this Bears defense has allowed only six also, or five actually. Um, I think they've had six defensive touchdowns and five um, rushing touchdowns allowed. Interceptions, 34. Takeaways, 54. That was the Bears of 85. So I've got some of the numbers here. 50. Wait a minute. 54, 54 takeaways. Takeaways. 54 takeaways. In 16 games. <laughs> 54 takeaways. Now, the Bears lead the NFL with takeaways this year. I think we had 64 sacks that year, too, didn't we? Yes, you did. Yeah. You had 64 sacks. You had 54 giveaways in 85. This year, the Bears led the NFL in takeaways with 36. So you had only 18 more and, than and that. And realize what happened this year. It was like every game yeah. they're, getting a turn, they're getting turnovers, not just one, multiple. Yeah. So 36 takeaways for the Bears, 54 for the 85 Bears defense. Interceptions. The Bears had 27 interceptions, and uh, the 85 Bears had 34. So, you know, se- so what, seven more well, interceptions. Interceptions go along with pass rush and yeah. quarterback pressure. Yeah, there's no and doubt man, about it. We had, you know, 
Floyd trending up at the end of this year. Now they've got three pass rushers, and man, that's havoc. Yeah. You know, like me, sure Hampton, is. and Dent. Ooh. Yeah. That's why you'd see free blitzers coming. Yeah. You know, because they were going to double team a couple of us, and there's nobody left for the blitzer, baby. Sure. And, and sacks. You mentioned 64. The Bears finished third, tied for third with the Vikings. They had 50. The best in the NFL was the Chiefs and the Steelers, and they both had 52. And you had 64. So, Still, yeah. you know, we talked about my first playoff game in 84 against the, the Redskins. We had 72 sacks that year, Fred. <laughs> in 84? Yeah. And then they, they, they realized, well... And, Next year, we better start keeping more men in to block. Right. Yeah. So Ooh. that's just just some numbers for those people who are wanting to know no. about comparing the two. Now, let me give them some more numbers. Okay. How hard is it going to be for this defense and this playoff run to hold the other teams to an average of 3.3 points a game? That'll be difficult. You know, because 85-0... Zero, ten. Uh-huh. And if our starting defense would have stayed in, that Super Bowl had been giving up one point a game because as our backups, they scored that touchdown on. I've got a guy that on Twitter who would ask He asked me a question earlier in the week. He called the station, and he knew I was working with you today. He wanted me to ask you this. He said, if, in fact, Vic Fangio leaves when the season's over, if Vic takes a job somewhere else. Like Buddy did. Yeah. He said, do you think that Rex Ryan would be interested in the Bears defensive coordinator's wow. job? Wow. I mean, Rex is a guy, obviously, on TV now on ESPN. You would think he'd be looking for a head coaching job, but you don't hear his name out there anywhere. Do you think he'd be interested in coming back to Chicago? Because, he, heck, he grew up here on the sidelines with you guys in practice. Probably a ball boy yeah. during the days well, when Buddy was here. Would Nagy appreciate his defensive coordinator... Pushing him out of the way at the podium. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rex you know, does talk a little bit. Yeah, Fangio's kind of laid, low key laid back. Really. Yeah. yeah. You know, he lets the shine, the spotlight shine. Sure, he does. On other things. Yeah. Uh, a couple things. And speaking of the, we were talking a lot about Jordan Howard in the first segment. If you want to jump in, three one two three three two three seven seven six. I wasn't sure how much the return of Kyle Long would mean. Last week, mm. Kyle Long came back 29 snaps, basically the first half he played. In the first half, Jordan Howard had 84 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, what did you see from Kyle Long last week? Did you see the Kyle Long that you expected to see? He is, like I said about Gary Fensick not being 80%, right? but the captain of that level they play on. You know, like the defensive backs, linebacker, but the offensive line, you better believe... The conversations that are going on before the ball is snapped, uh-huh. he is prevalent and in charge of. Thank God we don't have to count on Cody Whitehair no more. <laughs> his snaps have been better. That's exactly. A, yeah. Hopefully, the hopefully All they he's stay better. Got to concentrate on his yeah. snapping the ball. Yeah. That just snap the ball. Thank you. Get the ball back to Mitch and, and go from there. Now their blocking has been very good. Uh, we'll get to you know they've got. They got Fletcher Cox they got to deal with today. They dealt with Aaron Donald a few weeks ago. We can talk about that. But uh, Kyle Long, with the way he played, I expect to see him out there all game today. 
I oh, mean, yeah. going unless they get a nice lead, then you bring in Brian Witzman and let him play the right guard position. But uh, Kyle Long, there were times he was taking people, shoving them aside, doing what he's doing, opening up holes for Jordan Howard so we can get into the next level. And then Jordan Howard had a nice 42-yard run yeah. right off the bat. Well, you know what they need to do with Mr. The Philadelphia Eagles version of Muffin Top? Double-team him the whole first half and wear him down. Right. And he, he'll be so gassed out, all you got to do is single-team him in the second half, baby. I've seen that. Well, they had a situation where Fletcher Cox had uh, ten and a half sacks this year. He's going up against the Bears. When the Bears played Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald played 68 plays for the Rams, two tackles, and one quarterback hit. What was the percentage of the time they double-teamed him, though? I think... Uh, I, I didn't even get double teamed that much. I uh-huh. think during, for the whole year is over seventy percent of the time this guy got double teamed. Aaron Donald, it worked now, though. And Dominican Sue give the money back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow, he's he's useless. Wow. Uh, but you know, and the guys for the defensive line for Philadelphia, they can bring it. You've got quarterback hits. Fletcher Cox with thirty four. Michael Bennett with thirty. Chris Long, Kyle Long's brother, has 20. He comes off the bench. Also, Brandon Graham has 11. And not only does Chris Long come off the bench for that defensive line in the rotation, Haloti Nada comes off the bench, and he's one of the guys that yeah. fills in. Do you think, you know, them Long brothers are in the game, and Ophelia Long comes around on that line stud, you think his brother's going to cut his knees? <laughs> oh, oh. Come on now. And I think it's Howie's birthday today, too. Either today or yesterday was. Uh, Fletcher Cox, he thinks, you know, there's a lot of talk about the two defenses. Fletcher Cox says... Well, he thinks theirs is the best. Our defense coordinator is Jim Schwartz, and, you know, everybody loves playing for Jim. It's not our problem about their defense. I mean, obviously, we won't be on the field at the same time. But um, at the same time, um, I, I got a really good feeling that we will, we will be the better defense on Sunday. That's Fletcher Cox, and we will be the better defense on Sunday. Well, you know, Mitchell Trubisky and our offense ain't proved they can win a Super Bowl, have they? No, they haven't. No, they haven't. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, they have that opportunity. They've already won the big game. Their offense ain't. Yep. There's no doubt. Let's go to the South Loop area. Tom, Tom, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to add, and first of all, to say thank you to Mongo for what the 85D brought to the the city. Uh, What you guys did uh, will never be recreated, even as good as our Bears defense is today. And I think the Bears D today, they've still got some, some things to do and to show folks. But if for no other reason as a result of even rule changes, which I think they would have been throwing you guys out of games. You all hit so hard. But I just wanted to add on to, to your points that there was no points scored against that 85 Bears team. And I just wanted to say thank you for what you did and uh, really looking forward to what the Bears D is going to do today. Well, this is what this means. Thanks, Tom. This is what this means, Fred. With the with the salary cavities now that wasn't in, in play back then, Richard Dent gets ninety million guaranteed. The next time my contract or Hampton's contract came up, we'd been playing on another team. Uh huh. Sure. We would still be here. Sure. You know this the salary cap thing. You know how many All Pros we had on that eighty five defense over the over time. How many? Eight. <laughs> Well, the Bears had a couple this year. But three yeah. defensive linemen, yeah. three li- all three linebackers, and the two safeties. And if Les Frazier hadn't blown his knee out in that Super Bowl, sure. he'd have been in the Pro Bowl the next year with the name he was making himself. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's 10. You know, in Fridge, made the All-Madden team. <laughs> but why Why there'll never be another defense like that? Eight All-Pros with the salary cap, you can afford to keep about four of them right. now. Right, right. So there's not going to be that excellence at every level. Well, and that's the situation the Bears are in right now. They have three All-Pros. The AP All-Pros came out this week. The Bears have four. Uh, Tariq Cohen as a kick returner. But then Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson. Okay? Everybody on this defense is under contract for a while except Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos. Both have yeah. to be re-signed for next year. But you think about it. Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks. Um, all the starters are signed yeah. up past 20. Yeah. Right. They're all there again. So it's going It's going to be um, this defense. And you know this. Staying healthy is not an easy thing. The last two, three years, you and I have sat here and had to talk about the Bears being injured. They've been so injured the last couple of years. This year, they've got a couple. Eddie Jackson now. Um, Bryce Callahan out. Uh, who knows what's going to be with Trey Burton? But for the most part, this Bears team stayed real healthy this year on the defensive side. Yeah, I know we've talked about injuries, but you know how an injury becomes worse when you're losing? Oh, yeah. Oh. And when you're winning, it don't seem that bad. I'll get out there and give it a go. Right, right. Well, that's why I get a feeling that Eddie Jackson will probably play today with the groin injury. And for those who don't know, for the groin injury that uh, Burton. Trey Burton has, uh, we don't know what kind of situation that is. We'll get more from Jeff Dickerson, and then when the uh, about an hour before the game, they will have the inactives, and we'll find out more at that point. Let's grab a What's call. What's good is it's questionable, not yeah. out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let's go quickly out to I-55, and Amon, you're on ESPN 1000. Amon, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Are doing you well. stuck in that soldier field traffic, brother? Oh, I'm going south towards the oh, okay. away from that mess. But I'm getting ready to go home and watch it. Uh, just a quick comment, guys, and quick concern, actually. I've been saying this probably since that dreadful game from Parkey. Playoffs are here now. Points are of essence. And I'm really worried about Parkey and our field goal kicking. Um, you know, you saw, you know, you saw the Seahawks lose by two points yesterday. You know, points matter in the playoffs. You got to be able to kick, you know, the, the, the big playoff teams, big playoff wins. You got to be able to kick that 50 yarder, that 55 yarder, that 58 yarder. Like, how concerned should we be with this guy? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Amon. Every kicker that plays here or comes here, you know, they had a pretty good average. Well, when the temperature starts diving, so does his average. <laughs> Sure. That's what you better worry about. Yeah. It's supposed to be a little bit windy, Look, a little bit, uh, uh, some gusty winds today uh, along the lakefront, along Soldier Field. The sun is shining, so that's perfect. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, and I, my, my question is, if the Bears have the ball at the 38-yard line coming in, if they have the ball at Philadelphia's 38-yard line and it's fourth and two, you you sending Cody Parkey out there well, to don't, kick? Don't drop kick it. Oh my God! Like they yeah. tried to do that. Oh, uh, what an awful! And you know the oh my God! The, the worst part about it was this guy's actually he can actually do it. He's done it before. No, listen, he's an Australian rules football yes, player. Yes, he is. And you know what that that football they drop kick looks like? It, it's not it's not oblong like our football is. It's more round yeah. like a rugby yeah. ball. And when you drop it on its nose, it bounces back up. 
Well, when you drop our all blind ball, you don't know where that ball, sure, where that tip's going to hit and where it's going to drop to. They showed they showed Pete Carroll's expression when the kickoff, the onside kick attempt went in the air, and it it's just like, oh my god, what had happened? And I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that Janikowski pulled his hamstring on that kick yeah. at the end of the first half. Yeah, well, you know what Pete Carroll dropped his head about? My God, I showed everybody I'm a moron calling that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, they had to do something, and uh, but you know that that was not the right thing to do. We come back. Well, we'll what get- you do is is situation in practice, and you get a guy backing up your kicker like I did, Butler. Yeah, they can actually kick the ball through the uprights uh-huh. on a snap in a hole. I agree. I agree. What else did they have to do on special teams all week long? That's what I would get out yeah. early. I would get out early in practice yeah. when Butler's warming up, put my square toe on, kick a few. Don't go out there and you ain't done nothing, and right. then all of a sudden it shocks you. Oh, my God, we're not ready for this. <laughs> J.D. will join us top of the hour. Professional football, Fred. Yeah. yeah, I know. J.D. will join us top of the hour. we got a lot more to do. Also, Chris Collinsworth is on the broadcast today. We'll hear from him in just a little bit. It's Fred Hubner, Steve Michael McMichael. We are live from the first Midwest Bank studio here on ESPN 1000. You know, my premonition about last night when Janikowski hurt his hamstring trying to kick that field goal for halftime, it's when I went to bed and went to sleep. I knew the game was over. Yep, there's no doubt it was. Yeah, stay with us here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. We got lots to do and time to do it. We're here until three thirty. Bears and Eagles kick off at three forty. Don't forget, as soon as the game is over, Jay Hood is back here with the post game show. He'll be breaking it down for you, taking your phone calls tonight here on ESPN one thousand. Now the game is going to be on NBC. Stephen, that means Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, and uh, they've done a bunch of games because the Bears were flexed a couple times, so they did those Sunday night game with the Rams and Sunday night game with Minnesota. So earlier this week, Chris Collinsworth was in town, and J.J. Stankovich from uh, NBC Sports Chicago had a chance to stick a mic in his face, talk to him a little bit, and ask Chris Collinsworth from NBC how the Bears should approach this game today. I think cocky is maybe the right word. I mean, then they should be. I mean, they went into Minnesota and and played that team that had everything to gain and just tore them apart. I thought they might kind of sit some guys in the second half and say, okay, I'd rather play that team one more time, you know. But they're going to get a really tough test. I mean, Philadelphia is the one team that you think coming into these playoffs, which team are you maybe trying to avoid early on? But they're going to get it right between the eyes. And the thing that I think is so exciting about this game is that it's about big people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about offensive linemen against defensive linemen. It's it's going to be all in the trenches. Just who can win, you know, some of those battles. And, and I just, I really look forward to this one. I, I think that this is one of those that you'll make a memory out of this game. And for Trubisky, if he can just be solid, if, if the moment's not too big for him. Um, but if I were the rest of the Chicago Bears, I'd say, heck with that, man. It's not about Mitch Trubisky. It's about us. 
We got here because our defense, because our running game, because of our ability to make big plays, because of our misdirection stuff. Don't make this an excuse. Don't make this about Mitch Trubisky. Make this about us. That's what I think they'll do. That's Chris Collinsworth from NBC. And, and I got to think that you got to give him credit. Here's a here's a skinny receiver, and he said this is all about the guys up front. Well, you don't know how punch drunk he is right now, do you, Fred? <laughs> he did get hit a little bit. Oh, he was Cincinnati's Tom Waddle, literally, baby. Oh, yeah. That's the front and center. I saw him get blown up a few yeah, times, baby. Yeah, but it, but, but, but it, it does right. come down to that. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. You know, ground and pound, it's why Foles works for them and, and Wentz doesn't, really. Right. You know, because Wentz is control, a ball control guy, so he'll dink and dunk and he'll run it around. Foles is going downfield. He does. Now, why do you think that works? You, you got, you got a running game and you're grounding and pounding it. Now, oh, we got to stop that, and guys get up to the line of scrimmage. Over the top of them's open. Yeah. You know the guy that, and I mentioned it to the guys upstairs when we get ready for the show, the one guy that scares me on their offense, it's not Aguilar, it's not Golden Tate, it's not Alshon Jeffrey. Trey, uh, Zach Ertz is pretty good, but you know the guy that scares Darren Foles scares me. Darren Foles, that little guy, the guy that uh, we when we got Tariq Cohen here in Chicago, we said this guy Sproles, reminds you of Darren Sproles, yeah. right? But when yeah. we got Tariq Cohen, it's like that's he's Darren Sproles. That's what we yeah. want him to be. And when Darren Sproles is healthy now, that scares me a little bit with this with uh, this offense for well, Philadelphia. They just had the stats when he's in the game, six point six yards of play, second in the NFL. Yeah, ooh, that's something you better stop. Yep, you know that's. Two plays, first down. That's going to be a Two test. plays, first down. That's going to be quite a test for the Bears' defense because there's not a lot of guys that play like that. Uh, Tariq Cohen for the Bears does, uh, but you know Darren Sproles is the one that showed everybody how to do it. Uh, he, he's very, very good at playing that role, and I, I, I'm a little concerned about that. We'll also, be, later hey. later on next hour, we're going to hit, we're going to play. There's a big piece. Matt Imagine Bowen. that all coming from Andy Reid, huh? Yeah. Well, did you know the playoffs, there's 12 teams in the playoffs. Well, two went out yesterday. But of the 12 head coaches, I want to say that it's something like eight or ten yeah. of them were from the Andy Reid, Bill Parcells coaching trees. No, well, the Andy Reid tree, and he's fat enough to have a tree, all right. <laughs> it's hanging all off of him. Sure. He's a good coach, what though. What does that mean? I'm sorry. He's a good coach, though. Yeah. You used to be a fat guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. And then, I, and then I quit being a moron. Yeah, We've got J.D. He is out at Soldier Field getting ready for this game. He will join us at 1 o'clock. Mongo's man ups at one thirty, and then we'll go back to Soldier Field. Tim McManus at 2 o'clock. He covers uh, the Eagles for ESPN. He'll give us the latest. We'll find out what's going on, hopefully, with Trey Burton and much, much more. 312-332-3776. That's the number. There's not enough shame in this world, Fred. <laughs> You know, because that's motivation. Yes, it is. Oh, how's that going to shame me? Right here you at know, ESPN. Like Pete Carroll dropping his head. He was shamed of being a moron. ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's NFL Game Day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Teams that have won Super Bowls, they've been defensive. Whoa! Out, balls out. Oh my. Keep your helmet on, kids. NFL game day. Oh, big 
hit. That's bad defense. Well, that was vicious. They win with defense. This is Chicago's NFL game day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. That's what you need to do. Keep your helmet on, kids. It's the Bears and the Eagles getting ready to go at it. Wild card well, playoff action, 340 along the lakefront. Fred, when you're in Club W, you should keep your shirt on, too, because <laughs> nobody wants to see that. There you go. Maybe the girls down on Russian Division want to see it. Maybe. But there ain't none of them in the locker room, are there? Well, there's not supposed to be. Well, female reporters. Uh, well, yeah, not in Club Dub, though. Club Dub is closed to everybody. Yeah. As I'm sure down. them female reporters ain't looking where they ain't supposed to, No, right? they would never do that. No. No. Professional. No. I know our next guest never looks where he's not supposed to, because that would just be weird. It's J.D. Jeff Dickerson joining us from the field at Soldier Field. Hey, J.D., what's up? Gentlemen, great to be with you. Uh, Obviously, temperatures in the low 40s today. It's supposed to be pretty windy during the game. Being on the field right now, don't get a whole lot of wind. The flags are rather still at the top of each goalpost, but look, it's going to be 10 to 13 mile per hour wind so we'll see what that does to to the kicking game but overall for this time in january it's gonna be a pretty nice afternoon for football see short changed again jd i gotta play in 20 below <laughs> freezing my toes off and now these these new guys come in just flipping around get to play in 40 degree weather i'm so happy for them I know, I know. Well, listen, you would play in any sort of weather, and I apologize if you hear the the anthem singer uh, doing his uh, national anthem practice here. I think I've I've seen a lot of guys do their or performers do their rendition of the anthem before the game, and he is by far the loudest. Let me walk inside here wow. for just a moment. We can't yeah, no, hear look, you. It is a nice game. He can't hear us, right? Yeah, so I'm a little better now. Okay, um, it is going to be a nice day, and, and look, that doesn't really benefit. Um, the Bears, because I'm sure defensively they're going to lean on the strength of that team today, and they would love it if it was an ugly day to kind of muck it up. But but we'll see. We'll see if the wind plays a factor in the passing game, and it could end up becoming, you know, which quarterback is more accurate today could depend sort of the outcome here. J.D., hold on. You, no. you, and I, and, and I got to make sure I say the word correctly. I, I don't want to muck it up, but, you know, the report that came out about Trey Burton, Where'd that come from? How can something happen uh, through a walkthrough or a Saturday? or how something like this happen to a guy that the Bears are really counting on in this game today? Yeah, no one's saying anything right now about Trey Burton. Everyone's trying to play dumb, but they don't know what happened. But probably what happened is either he got hurt or he got you know aggravated yesterday or maybe something even happened on Friday and they didn't think anything of it. And then Saturday comes around and it doesn't get any better. Um, but I, tell you, I saw Trey Burton in the locker room Friday after practice. He seemed fine. You know, he was very visible all week because right. he was such a big story because of the Philly special and everything. People wanted to talk to him all week. Um, but yeah, that's a. I don't think I've ever seen an email come out at eleven o'clock or it's like ten o'clock our time last night saying a guy has been put on the report as questionable with a groin injury. So I've been on the field for about fifteen minutes. I'm waiting to see if he comes out and Eddie Jackson comes out to test those injuries. But obviously, guys, it's not a great great development here. I mean, even if he's limited today, um, you know, Trey Burton, the numbers aren't overwhelming, but he's been a pretty big part of the offense this year for the Bears. Well, because he because of these numbers, man, I would think you get him out there against his old team because he's going to be so fired up to play them, baby. I'm throwing him the ball ten times today. 
Right. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think it's going to have to be a significant injury to keep him out. But obviously, it was severe enough where they put him on the report as questionable. It wasn't just any sort of, you know, little thing he was able to practice through. It didn't give him any trouble. So, but we'll see. But I, I did think it was very suspicious that it came out so late. Also, Eddie Jackson uh, did not talk. He was supposed to talk this week. He chose not to on Friday, even though uh, he had to by league rules. He still chose not to. So we don't really know exactly how that ankle is doing. He was limited on Thursday and Friday. And the expectation is he wants to play. But we'll just see kind of when he comes out here how that ankle's feeling this afternoon. Well, I don't care what a head coach's philosophy is or what his rules are during the year. If you don't practice, you don't play. This is the playoffs, baby. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I think, uh, I think pretty much if you're a, an important player, I think in this day and age, Mongo, as you know, uh, you don't necessarily have to practice as much in order to play. But yeah, this is the playoffs, and if guys can, can go, uh, they're going to give it a shot. I mean, look, Mongo, Anthony Miller, his shoulder popped out again last week. He told us uh, on Wednesday that it had happened numerous times during the season, but he just said, pop it back in, and I'm going to play because it's the playoffs, and that's what you would expect. When well, you enter this type of one and done tournament, you know you know what happens. There he is, right there, Reggie Phillips, walking by the studio, baby. There we go, right on, Reggie. Get to that game, cheer on the Bears. <laughs> no, but look, JD, you, that shoulder that means he's it keeps popping out. It means he's got a stretched ligament, and those things yeah. don't tighten back up. So this is a career thing for him. So he just might as well get used to it and go with it, baby. Yeah, and, and he's going to have to have surgery, I'm sure, Mongo, in the off season. To, to, to try to fix that. Well, yeah, you can, um, yeah, yeah. You can t- cut, a, cut a piece and tighten yeah. it up, Yeah, but it's still it's damaged from now on. It, it is, and, you know, Mongo, the concerning thing, you know, if you watched, as you guys saw last week, the shoulder popped out. It was a non-contact situation. Right. He was just turning to run. So, I mean, worst-case scenario, and you hope this doesn't happen, but, you know, there's a chance, of course, if he's out there and it just pops and he's got the ball in his hand and he puts the ball on the ground – Maybe he won't be as fortunate that he was falling out of bounds as he was against Minnesota. So these are things you have to consider. But Anthony Miller's a gamer. He's a tough kid. He's a rookie, really talented player, a lot of touchdowns this year. But there's one, you know, to have their best players on the field today. The only guy I don't think you're going to see for sure is Aaron Lynch because he's doubtful uh, with that elbow injury. But certainly, you know, Miller, Robinson, Gabriel all had full participation in practice this week. And, again, we're still just waiting to see if we get a, a glimpse of Trey Burton or Eddie Jackson here in the next uh, 30 to 45 minutes. I bet you do. Yeah, you know, J.D., does does the way that Mitchell Trubisky played over the last three games with no interceptions and 17 for 21 on third down and 75.9% completion percentage, does that make you as a Bears fan feel better going into this playoff game, or does it not matter because this is still the playoffs this is the first time he's been there? It makes you feel a little better, Fred. But but there is no, and, and Mongo can tell you this with way better than I can. I mean, there is no substitute for the first time you play in the postseason, right, Mongo? I mean, it's a little different. Um, and you saw Deshaun Watson really struggle in his first playoff game. Yep. I've been on the field for a little bit. I didn't, I didn't see Lamar Jackson was off to a great start against the Chargers today. Maybe that's that's changed as I've been down here. No, it hasn't. But he was a little, <laughs> little, he was a little dicey in his first start. So I mean, there is definitely something to having some, you know, playoff jitters early on. But one thing about Trubisky, I will say, he's a pretty smart guy. He works extremely hard. So he'll be on the details today. It's just, you know, will he make the right decision? Will his throws not sail in the wind? You know, these are things you worry about. Uh, I wouldn't expect he's going to light the world on fire today. 
But I do think, you know, the way they prepared him this week to try to keep everything as normal as possible, I think it gives him a decent chance of, of success that he's going to have a good enough game for the Bears to win. He doesn't have to have a monster game for the Bears to win. The Bears' defense has to play like the Bears' defense is capable of playing for the Bears to win. The quarterback just can't turn the ball over you know, three or four times in the playoffs and expect to come out with yeah. a victory. Here was my first experience going into that RFK Stadium, baby. It's like an out-of-body experience. I'm walking out the tunnel, and I hear a dog growling. And I look around, where in the hell is a dog growling? And it was me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So which one of the Bears Which one of the bears will be growling when they get out into the field? Is it going to be an Akeem Hicks oh, or, a, yeah. or an Eddie Goldman or a yeah. Khalil Mack? Or what's going to uh, happen? You know how many of them are going to be doing it? All oh, of them, Fred. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to eat. And, and, and a pack of wolves. Too, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. The story that I feel got got glossed over a little bit this week is that Nick Foles has bad ribs. Yeah, Nick, Nick Foles has bad ribs, and it, that's not going to get better. So, what happens if he comes out here today and gets hit a hit, hit a couple of times early? You know how how is that going to dictate what Eagles are able to do offensively as the game wears on? So, I again, I'm look. The Bears are here today because of their defense, and if they're going to go to Los Angeles next weekend. It's going to be because of their defense. I think everyone knows that, and we'll just see if they can once again put out a, a one of their signature performances. Well, it's going to be because the defense played good and Trubisky didn't turn the ball over. Let's put that codicil on it, J.D. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. And, and, I mean, look, I think the Bears are going to have to obviously do some good things offensively, and they're capable of doing so. But, you know, if, if you don't get – look, Trubisky turned the ball over how many times against the Rams a month ago? He had three terrible right. – mm-hmm. so you're the worst interceptions you're going to see, and they still won 15-6. to six. And the Rams are the number two seed in the NFC, yeah. and the Bears were at home. So, I mean, if well, it's because plays, like JD, they're able to do it, they're going to be all right. It's because golf threw four interceptions that game. Sure. We, can we hope Foles will do that today? I don't think so. Well, yeah, I don't think he'll play as poorly as that, but certainly – you know, golf was really bothered by the Bears' defense and, and the atmosphere and the elements and everything. Um, look, look, Nick Foles is a pro, and it's remarkable what, what he's done again here, getting them back to the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl last year coming off the bench. It's a really good Eagles team. Uh, they have a lot of confidence. I'm, I guarantee you they are very confident that they can come in here and win today. But the defense on both teams, that will be the unit that sets the tone. Which defense plays better will determine kind of how this thing goes right. Here's another one how the playoffs are different in my mind. You know, today there might be an opportunity to see long on long today. I'd have had a bounty on my brother. (laughs) Well, we saw that in St. Louis a few years ago when Kyle started a fight as a rookie and his brother ran out there and his parents happened to be at that game too. And I know his mom's going to be here. and This is dad's birthday, I think. I don't know what his Fox duties have him, what he's going to be doing, but but yeah, I mean, I mean, look, having Kyle Long back is an important subplot here because the way the Bears ran the ball, Mongo and Fred with Jordan yes. Howard last week, I thought was very encouraging. And you know, and you guys know this, they're going to have to run the ball at times in the playoffs. Sure, and you have to. That's just what the playoffs and, are all about. In the fourth quarter, when you have to, when you have the lead, four minutes left, that's yeah. how you win the game. Yes, absolutely. And, and and having Kyle Long, your best run blocker out there moving well and feeling good, that's another kind of, you know, check 
check on the Bears' side of the ledger. Well, you know, and JD, I asked you last week about Kyle Long and how much you thought he'd play and things like that. Twenty nine snaps, most of them in the first. Well, I think all of them in the first half. And at halftime, it was Jordan Howard with eighty four yards and two touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, how much better do you feel about this running game when you've got a guy like Kyle Long there to help not only on his own but to help solidify that offensive line? Oh, I think better. And I think I think Fred Mongo. I think they showed you what they feel about how they feel about Kyle Long when they ran the ball right behind him the first two plays of the game in Minnesota. I mean, that, that was by design. That, that wasn't an accident. That's what Matt Nagy does. I mean, he wanted to get Kyle Long going, and Jordan Howard blasted that second run for over 40 yards. So I, I think it's a great you know, uh, stroke of luck for the Bears that he was able to come off of injured reserve and, and be in the starting lineup today. Now, he was full go all week. So, guys, the plan is for Kyle Long, as you would imagine. Right to play the entire game. So he should be, unless he's hurt, he'll be out there every snap on offense today. Well, but I just wish he would follow through on how he typecasts himself, like, you know, lining up in the T formation or letting Hicks score a touchdown like the fridge. Why hasn't Hicks scored another touchdown? <laughs> I think he only do know. those things once. You think it might be coming today? Maybe. Ah. I don't know. Knows. I mean, when if you you know if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year if I thought Nick Kwiatkowski would have a two point conversion, I would have said, "Are you crazy?" But that's what Matt Nagy does; it keeps you guessing. Yeah, the question is, who, who you know when they knocked down the defensive room door this week, who was the guy that was uh, pulled out of the defensive meetings? Because it seems like that's the way it all plays out. Another minute or two with Jeff Dickerson; he is at Soldier Field getting ready for the Bears and the Eagles. JD on, on the Eagles' offensive side. Which concerns you more going forward? Is it one of their receivers like a an Aguilar or, you know, uh, an Alshon Jeffrey or a Golden Tate or is it the tight end Ertz? I was telling uh, Michael earlier, the guy that scares me now that he's healthy is Darren Sproles. Yeah, Sproles seems like he's getting back in football shape for sure, and he's dangerous. But, Fred, I'm telling you, their tight end is what concerns me and, and how the Bears cover their tight end. I think that's going to be a, a huge key. Uh, Ertz is just a phenomenal player, had a great year. Um, the Bears do have good speed to a linebacker. I mean, Roquan Smith can certainly cover. Uh, Trevathan's athletic enough to cover. They haven't asked Mack or Floyd to do a whole lot of it this year. But I think how the Bears uh, defend those tight ends will be a very intriguing matchup to watch. So of all the guys on their offense, the Eagles, the tight ends concern me the most. I would say Elshon, but you know, guys, the Bears defensively have not given up many big plays down the field in the vertical passing game. Right. Now, does that does that change if Eddie Jackson's not healthy? Again, we will see. So uh, that's something to keep a close eye on. But but definitely uh, the tight ends for the Eagles. Those are going to probably present some some big matchup problems. Okay, JD, we're going to let you go. And if you do hear anything about Burton and or Eddie Jackson, just let us know. Uh, and I know the inactives come out about two ten, uh, an hour and a half before the game, so we'll know a little bit more about it then. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on. It's a gorgeous day, and JD, it's amazing. You're you're back covering playoff football with Chicago Bears involved. Only for the eight years. Hopefully, the next <laughs> game won't four years. Yeah. Oh, guys, have a great one and enjoy the game. Sounds good, Jeff. Mm. Jeff Dickerson out at Soldier Field talking Bears and Eagles. Steve Michael McMichael, no. me, Fred Hubner. A lot of other people are saying there's no sign yet of Trey Burton on the field or Eddie Jackson. You know what? So. I'm not worried about Burton, Fred. Down in that groin area, it's, in my mind, it's a soft tissue area. Okay. And that's not a bad injury. Okay. You just pull some fat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Years ago, there was a there was a baseball player who said you you can't really pull fat. 
uh, Rod Beck, who since has passed away, uh, former pitcher for the Chicago Cubs well, and a you, lot of others. You pull it so much, it tears. <laughs> You know, he was talking, J.D. was talking, I got a soundbite from a guy that uh, played the game a little bit and uh, now does stuff for ESPN on the uh, matchup show, and uh, he was talking a little bit about how the Bears are going to defend the tight ends, and Matt Bowen, a guy that uh, does stuff for ESPN, they do the uh, matchup show with Sal Palantonio, they were breaking down how the Bears might go about playing defense against Zach Ertz, and he made a couple of references. Now, obviously, this was videotaped. This was on ESPN TV, but I think it's very understandable. Just think about it, listen to it, the way the Bears have done defending tight ends and how they may go about doing it with Zach Ertz today. This is, uh, again, Matt Bowen, ESPN's NFL matchup show. Let's start against 49ers tight end George Kittle, pretty good ball player out of Iowa, and a three-by-one sit. The Bears in their nickel package, five defensive backs with safety Deion Bush aligned over the top of Kittle. Underneath, Leonard Floyd get hands on the tight end with linebacker Roquan Smith matching inside. That's what you see. Get the reroute at the line of scrimmage. Look at Floyd, Greg. He's going to sink underneath, take away a possible outcut. Now you have Roquan inside carrying that vertical step. And look where Deion Bush is. Shoulders square in a position to aggressively challenge this route. Now drive downhill and cut off the throw. Hey Greg, where are you going to go with this football? Where's the throwing window? There is no throwing window to get the ball to the tight end. That's why Nick Mullins has to sail this football. It's a third down win for the Bears inside the red zone. Now let's go back to the match against the Green Bay Packers and tight end Jimmy Graham. Again, a three-by-one set with Graham at number three. From the Bears through this time south, they walk out Khalil Mack over the uh-huh. tight end. No tight end wants to see that in the NFL. With Roquan Smith in a position to cover over the top. And watch this at the line of scrimmage. Strong physical jam. Wear these tight ends out at the line of scrimmage. Do not give them a free release. This is what you need to see versus Zach Ertz. Now you have Roquan in position with aggressive coverage and a safety over the top. This is why they drafted Roquan Smith. Plays like a safety at the point of attack. Driving the football, get a hand on the football. And I'll tell you what, when this ball goes up in the air against the Chicago Bears defense, someone is coming down with it. This time it's Eddie Jackson. Huge play in that football game. A third down stop, a red zone stop. And this is what I expect to see from the Chicago Bears. Let's keep it very simple. Zach Ertz is the number one option in the pass game offense for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Zach Ertz, the number one option, and if you get a chance to go back and look at it, I mean, the way he diagrammed it, and you, you've gone through enough video studies, you can you know what he was talking about, and, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that your guys hit the guy, hit the tight end off the line, wear the tight end out, take him off his route a little bit, and Roquan Smith is going to be key. Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan trying to shut down this guy today. All these percentages and all these catches we're talking about happened when Carson Wentz and him well, he was the guy Carson Wentz is looking for. Right. And he's the majority of the catches in the game. He was setting the tight end reception record at that time. He had 116, you know, I think, this year. Foles, yeah. Foles doesn't look for him first. Not as much. No. He looks downfield at his wide receivers and Jeffries in particular. Yeah. You understand? Because he can throw so the ball high and it's not that much, can still go get it. It's not that much of a necessity, especially... If they're going to play that tight end by that tackle, well, you just put your def- defensive end there, like in a wide nine, and bump him as you're pass rushing. Where you knock him off that timing in that route, then the quarterback has three seconds to throw the ball. Yeah. He doesn't have time to get th- that route done. Yeah. That's all. 
the very first time when he broke it down with George Kittle, the, the tight end for San Francisco, and they had they had guys like you had Dion Bush lined up there, but you had Leonard Floyd who who hit him off the line of scrimmage, and you had Roquan Smith when he got off the line of scrimmage, it was Roquan right there, and when he goes to turn, there's Dion Bush right there defending yeah. him because they knew that George Kittle, obviously the number one uh, option for San yeah. Francisco. We, we talked about it earlier. I said, are these morons really? Gonna one on one block Khalil Mack with yeah. their tackles, yeah. And, which mean, and that means they're counting on that tackle getting it done, so the tight end doesn't have to help him, so the tight end can get out in a pattern, right? Instead of chipping him, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, there's no doubt. Good luck. You want to do that, that's fine. Khalil Mack will be chasing down Nick Foles once he gets past Lane know. Johnson. Now Lane Johnson has been a Pro Bowl corner, uh, you know, a tackle. In the National Football League. So we'll see how he is today. I don't care how much of a pro bowler you are, you three-toed sloth. (laughs) You ain't going to be able to keep up with the speed of Khalil Mack. And when you try, that means you're back on your heels. Well, he's going to put his hand under, you know, right there where you give somebody, you start pounding on their chest to start... We'll just push him back into the quarterback. Uh-huh. You know, bull rush, that only works when the guy's worried about you going to run around him and he's back on his heels, running back as fast as he can. Well, you just help him with that bull rush, get back sure. there a little faster than a quarterback. You're talking about uh, Khalil Mack and then maybe uh, single-teaming him. Uh, Sal Palantonio from ESPN, he joined the guys, Waddle and Sylvie, the other day. And when he was with Waddle and Sylvie, he said that Mack could definitely ruin the Eagles' day. Listen. You got to block Khalil Mack. This is the whole, listen. The biggest story in the NFL this year has been Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack going from the Raiders to the Bears, uh, you know, transformed the Bears completely. Transformed the whole conference. It, 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 it transformed the NFL. And I if, listen. I I watch the Eagles all the time make the same mistake. They don't give their offensive tackles help. They wind up putting their quarterbacks at risk, and Khalil Mack. If they don't give, if they don't, if they don't give Jason Peters help, because I think what they're going to do, what Fangio is going to do, is line Mack up on Peters. Peters is older; he's had an up and down year. He's been hurt, missed the end of the season last year. If they if they don't give Peters help. Mac will ruin the day for Nick Foles. He'll, he'll ruin the night. Now, that was Sal Palantonio, and he says that the Eagles have a tendency of just letting their tackles go. Now, you got Jason Peters on the left side and Lane Johnson on the right side. Now, in, in their, you know, in years past, they were, they were all pro tackles. Well, you know what this bespeaks? When they've got Carson Wentz back there who's got escapability, or maybe you leave that tackle one-on-one, knowing that he might get beat, but Carson Wentz has that escapability. Right. And and extending the play is his big plays, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like I said, genius coach, my eye. The play he called didn't work. Uh-huh. The quarterback extended it and made a play. Who should get the credit? Yeah. Oh, they all get head coaching jobs. What a great play caller, my <laughs> But here's one J.D. talked about. Everybody don't realize Foles has, uh, has hurt ribs. 
Isn't it legal to hit him and still hit him in yes, the ribs is. now, Fred? Yes, it is. Boy, that's a good thing. You take the shoulder and just put it. You take your shoulder, plant it right into the ribs. Still legal to hit him in the ribs, Fred. Even if it's a fifteen-yard penalty, you know. No, not if you hit him with your shoulder in the ribs. No, as long as you don't hit him late. Oh. You know, you can't hit him late. But as long as you don't slap him in the face or. Hey, listen. Last night I was telling the guys upstairs. Last night there were two. Face mask penalties yeah. on the defense against the quarterbacks that didn't go get, didn't get called. They reach up and oh, you can't do that. Well, you, they didn't got away with it. Either. I know they did. Uh, Steve Michael McMichael, me, I'm Freddie Order. We come back. It's I guess the only penalty you get is you rip the face mask off his helmet. They were pretty and close. You have it holding in yeah. your hand. Yeah, then it's yeah. a and, and if his head's hit, still in the helmet when you're turning oh, around. Please, please go down, Mitchell. <laughs> please uh, go down. We come back. It's time for Mongo's man ups. Oh. It's been a while since Mongo has done a man-up for a playoff game, so we'll have that we come back right here at ESPN 1000. Needle time. Mongo's man-ups. Steve Mongo McMichael brings you his key matchups to today's Bears game. Mongo's man-ups. Nobody is tougher than Mongo. Mongo's man-ups. Oh, yeah. He hasn't done um, playoff man-ups in a while. It's been since uh, 2010, since the Bears were in the postseason. They have the playoffs against Philadelphia today. A 340 a kick. Eddie Jackson on the field, working on that uh, ankle of his. Still no sign of a Trey Burton. We'll keep you up to date on that. The inactives around 210. 2010. Yeah. My daughter was still in diapers. There you go. Now she's... You know, growing up past that stage. Now she's God. giving you orders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what daddy's for. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Mongo's Man Ups, the playoff version of Mongo's Man Ups here on ESPN well, 1000. And, you know, this is talking about being an adult and coming into the mindset of a father and what you sacrifice and do for the family. Okay. All right. Now, how many games... Has Mr. Eddie Jackson been out with this sprained ankle? Two. Two. And he's questionable for this one. Three. Uh Uh-huh. You know, a sprained ankle that everybody thinks this is about like like Khalil Mack had. That was a roll. You saw this thing. It wouldn't roll over. It was twisted around. Right. Which means, and he's still not ready to, he's still questionable it means to me there's some damage in there they're not sitting talking about, Fred. Uh-huh. But when you did it to yourself, son, <laughs> man up and live with it. And whatever it takes to get on this field. You know, they keep talking about, oh, we're a family and a brotherhood. Right. They all dance together at Club Dub like a bunch of drunken uncles at the family reunion <laughs> in the backyard. Hey, I resemble that remark. You man up, and whatever you got to do, get on that field. Get on that field. Because the other team sees you're out there. Yep. Their perception is you're 100%. Sure. The way they're going to have to call their offense and game plan against you being out there. Because, you know, he made all pro for a reason this year. He sure did. All right. Do you think Philly's game plan is we're going to go at Eddie Jackson? No. That All would right. be a bad idea. Whether he, whether they realize his ankle is bad or not. Yeah. You met, you, uh, you know, we used to call it spatting. 
You you wear high tops, yep. and you tape over that shoe onto the outside. You know, like the old gangster spat. Yeah. Well, that you know what that is, Fred. Literally, you know, your foot certainly put a boot on you. Yeah. So your ankle don't turn. You wear the high tops. You never saw me playing in a game without that. Okay. Because I rolled my ankle in college. Okay. And once you stretch that ligament, it's always going to happen in situations. So you better put that external ligament, I call it, on your foot, and it's like a cast. Did you just pick stud? Did you just put studs out of your cowboy boots and play out there? No. <laughs> no, we played on AstroTurf. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Well, you know these new golf shoes that have those rubber little cleats? Yeah. That is literally our AstroTurf shoe back then. That's right. Okay. Now they play with tennis shoes. Yeah. What are you going to do if it rains? Slip and slide. Hurt yourself. Yeah. But get some, you know, put spat up. You know, Khalil Mack should have done this. And I saw a picture of him in the paper running. He don't tape over his shoes. It's going to keep happening, Sugar. They were it's doing it. It's going to keep happening. Last night, when Pete, when Beasley had like the first offensive play of the game for the Cowboys, uh, sprained his ankle and hurt his ankle again. Boom. They taped again. it up, taped it up, and yeah, he went back out there. Why don't you do that yeah. in the first place? Right. To keep that, you know, because like I said, that's an external ligament. A, a, you can't, it's like a cast. It prevents your ankle from rolling over. Sure. Again. Sure. Because that ligament stretched out. Situations happen. It's going to happen again. Yeah. It ain't like, all right, that's, you know, out of the ordinary. That one, No, once you hurt, stretch a ligament out, it ain't going to tighten back up, Fred. No. Unless they go in there and snip the end off. And sew it back tighter. Well, no, no, don't do that, baby. No. 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 Don't do that. Please. But whatever it takes. You see what I'm doing here? Yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. If you're, if you're, you know, these guys say, oh, we're a family. We're playing for each other. And we only, we take one game at a time. What are you taking games off for then? Yeah. But we saw it. We saw in North Dallas forty, didn't we? That you know, whatever it takes. If you want to be the player, you want to make sure you hit the field. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, you saw what happened to, you know, the character the guy Bob Hayes yeah. played. When we shot him up, what happened? Yeah. Bad Ooh, things. Rip and face tore off. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful. You got to be a little careful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's if you play an offense, right? If you're the missile on defense, get yourself out there and help your team win. And you'll be more proud of manning up and playing in a game where most people wouldn't. You know, think one of the things I'm most proud of in my career playing on, with knees that needed surgery or other injuries, most guys wouldn't have played in that game. Sure. I played when they, when they wouldn't. You don't think I'm proud of myself for that? Sure. You got to be. That's what I want for Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Because, you know, you might be limping out that tunnel in pain. You know, getting announced, starting for the game. You know what happens once that game starts? Them endorphins and that adrenaline flowing, no more pain, Fred. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And once you make that first big play, once you make that first big tackle, or you knock the ball away, or you make an interception, it well, all goes away. Like I said, the, the adrenaline and the endorphins, and, and you know, those are the. The pain-killing sensors yeah. that come down from your brain that flush over your body. Once you walk out that tunnel, 
before the kickoff, no pain, Fred. Yeah. Unless you're an old man at the end of it, then you feel the last game. Yeah. That game. Then there's going to be pain all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Very young man. So, Eddie Jackson, he's a very young man. He's the AP All-Pro free safety. It's Eddie Jackson on the field getting ready for this contest. The Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. And he is Steve Michael McMichael's man up, Eddie Jackson. Kind of like what uh, Khalil Mack did with his his sprained ankle. Right. You know, he played for two games. He tried. And you know what happened in those two games? The defense played great because that offense had to defend against him. Uh Uh-huh. So Akeem Hicks and the other guys weren't getting them double teams. Sure. Sure. When you could have just single teamed him with that bad ankle. Yeah. But how do you know? You don't. Yep. 312-332-3776. I mentioned he's the pro bowler, uh, Eddie Jackson. You also have Kyle Fuller, who, again, I got to hand it to Kyle Fuller because after last year and all the passes he could not intercept that went off of his hands, this year he's got seven of them tied for the lead in the NFL with seven interceptions. That seems like a low total for leading the league in uh, interceptions. Well, we can talk about all the interceptions he's got, but that one he dropped in Green Bay that would have won that game. I know. We'd have had the home field advantage, not the Rams next week, Uh, my friend. You'd have had a bye. But you so, know what? He didn't drop any after that. Yeah, well, I bet you that jugs he wore that jugs machine out in uh-huh. practice catching balls, didn't he? Yep. Who had, he wasn't trying to basket catch him no more. He's got that diamond out there catching that ball with his hands. Then you, you know, a young man learns. Yeah, they certainly do. Well, you know, just not football. The reason I'll never go back to Bangkok, I learned. And <laughs> <Hey, laughs> one of the reasons, <laughs> one of the biggest concerns everybody has with this Bears game today. Um, and we've tried to avoid the topic, but it's hard to do, is Cody Parkey. Okay? A lot of people have that uh, question. And uh, Cody Parkey um, came up during the press conferences today. Cody Parkey, question mark. Yes, Cody Parkey, question mark. All right. Um, Matt Nagy was asked if he uh, has any conversations with Cody Parkey leading up to this one or through all of these struggles. I let him do his thing, really. I've done that all year. I haven't really said a whole lot to him. Uh, uh, you know, Maybe I've said you some need good to. things. I've said some bad things. But he he's a he's a he's a mature individual, and he understands it. He he wants it. If I'm not, you know, getting being hard on him at times in practice, at times, or complimenting him at times, then you know I'm not doing my job. But I don't overdo it either way. I don't I don't I don't stay on top of him and and you know um, just yell at him, and I don't compliment him all the time. I'm just kind of he knows that. He coach, knows that. Coach, everybody wants it. Yeah. But it don't bother everybody. Yeah. And the guys that don't bother, you can't count on. It's the one, those few plays they don't make, it bothers them so bad that they're going to work and to not let that happen again. Sure. Is that what, is that, and you got to talk to them about that. Yeah. You got to let them talk to you about what they're about. You understand? Wow. Why wasn't he coming up to Soldier Field when he first got here, kicking the ball in practice there yeah. until they told him to go do it? Finally. Finally. They, they told him to go do it. Yeah. Why wasn't he about doing that before that? Yeah. Him wanting to do it is in question to me. I ain't never going to count on a guy like that. They were saying earlier this week that he came up and kicked during the mornings. And I'm saying to myself, during the mornings, the Bears aren't playing Sunday morning. The Bears are playing Sunday at 340. He should have been here 
at kicking at Soldier Field at 3.40, at 4.40, at 5 o'clock. And realize what the conditions are like and give an opportunity. Kicking in the morning at Soldier Field doesn't help at all. Well, one thing's for sure, we're both smarter than that kicker, huh, Fred? It just it, it, it just boggles your mind um, that that has this happened and it's happened all season long. And for, and for a couple of years, actually, you think about it, because uh, no. ever since Robbie Gold used to do it, Kevin Butler used to do it. You know, it's real simple. You're kicking in Soldier Field, so where should your practice be? Well, at least a couple days a week at Soldier Field. Uh, Makes sense. I bet you Michael Jordan was down there shooting a thousand free throws at the United Center, huh? He would do it if, practicing if they, if they let him. And when basically he was Michael Jordan, they let him do whatever he wanted yeah. to. The statue out front of the damn place, you better believe you got a car blanche. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, let me see. Uh, Dan Orlovsky. Uh, one of the experts from ESPN, he jumps on, talks used a lot about. Used to be a quarterback. Yep, he used to be a quarterback. Played for the Lions and a lot of other teams. I remember he was one of those guys that were real dangerous on the sidelines. You run by the sideline, he'd try to hit you in the head with the clipboard he was holding. <laughs> but he was asked. Uh, the Cody Parkey conversation came up, and he was asked if he would kick a field goal or just decide just go for it. Forget about Parkey. Let me give you the next level low hanging fruit answer. It depends on how the game's gone. Like if if I've run the ball well, I would probably run it. If I haven't, if we've struggled to move the ball, ball and we you know maybe down a guy or something like that, I would trust in the guy that I brought in there. You know, it, it's I'm watching film all this week and obviously watch it throughout the year, and you just look at the team in a way you start to laugh. And it's maybe not funny for Bears fans, but you start to laugh and you go, the uh, the flaw, the weakness of the team is the kicker. It's almost like Alabama. You say that about Alabama in college football. Like you try to find the flaw of their team and you laugh about it because you're like, it's their kicker. So that would be a situation where, you know, I would imagine Matt Nagy and staff would talk about it and have a plan even before the game kicked off of how are we going to handle these situations? What's the weather like? What's he kicking like? Is he two for two in the game, three for three in the game? So I, I would lean. I would lean on relying on my guys up front and my running back. Now, would you lean on those guys, or would you just say, "Listen, we scored a touchdown. We're going for two. If it's if it's fourth and two, maybe. But anything outside of that, you're crazy. Uh, I mean, you're on the thirty yard line. You don't trust your kicker. You directional punt out of bounds. Uh, if it's longer than fourth right. and two, yeah, you know, yeah, cause they're gonna stack the line. What are you gonna do? But you're not gonna let Cody Parkey kick a field goal. Well, of course I would. And if he didn't make it, cut him. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Would you take that opportunity, or just say I don't care? It's fourth and two. I have more faith in our offense. We can gain two yards than Cody Parkey kicking a field goal. What are the percentages of the team? I mean. And it's why going forward on fourth down. It's why it's why all these coaches are going forward on fourth down. Yeah. It's over. It's like sixty percent. You make it. Here's the. Well, uh, that's better than Parky's yes, percentage. Well, Cody Parky this year is twenty three for thirty. He's kicking seventy six point nine percent, which is twenty eighth in the NFL. Uh, he's missed three extra points. Uh, he's forty two of forty five. Well, what is that? Uh, that's like a thirty some yard field goal. Thirty three yard. Yeah. yeah. He's missed, so he's missed ten kicks this year. God Jake have Elliott, mercy. Jake Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles, he's twenty six for thirty one, eighty three point nine percent. That's not a ton better. He's missed five, 
okay, where Cody Parkey's missed seven, and Jake Elliott's missed two out of uh, two extra points. He's missed seven kicks this year. So it could be a battle of the bad kickers. But Jake well, Elliott's a kid from LT. And it's a little Lions windy at Soldier Field today. That's right. A little now, windy. There's where that comes into to being a factor in the head coach's mind. Yep. When the when the flags on them goalposts are going sideways, uh, I'm going for it instead of kicking it and missing and giving them the ball right there. Because yep. if you go for it and, and miss it, you, they get the same field position if you you go miss the kick. Yep. It was a bad one yesterday in the uh, one, in one of the games where they missed a long field goal opportunity and all of a sudden gave them great field that position. That was Dallas and yeah. Seattle. you got to watch it. Uh, we come back. We get to a couple callers. We've got Tim McManus. He follows the Eagles for ESPN. We'll talk to him at 2 o'clock. Our bold predictions at 2.30. Yurko's keys at 2.45. We're here till 3.30 getting you ready for Bears and Eagles and ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Oh, I was worried that I was going to miss a thrilling game. The Chargers and the Ravens. The Ravens with 27 yards and 25 uh, plays, so apparently I'm not missing a whole heck of a lot. So I Who got, knew that with yeah. a... With a <laughs> Shotgun option, rookie quarterback. Oh, my Lord. Uh, hopefully the Bears and Eagles. A lot of people thought oh. the Bears and Eagles are going to be the best game of the weekend. It looks like there's. it, it doesn't have to do much to become the best Ooh. game of the weekend. Hopefully Trubisky realizes them rookie diapers are off, and at least he's got his training pants on. Let's go to Park Forest and Gerald. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Gerald, what's up? Hey, good, man. Ooh, I'm so happy you all alluded to it. I'm telling you, man, this... I just marvel at how tough this league is. Uh, they kind of figured out Jackson. Um, I think they're going to have to pull him and put in Flacco. I mean, the, the young quarterbacks are dropping like flies. Um, I, this league is so tough. They watch film. These guys are so athletic, and you can just see how knowledgeable they are. I mean, they figured them out. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I just hope it doesn't it doesn't bowl poorly for um, for our guy um, Trubisky. The good thing is. Trubisky has a more balanced attack. And it's not a knock on Jackson. He just has to develop. That's all. Right. It's just that uh, you just can't not be one-dimensional in this league. And they, So, you know, watching watching uh, the guys from Houston, watching and watching Lamar makes me a little worried coming up. You know, that's all. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call, guys. Thanks, Gerald. Yeah, it's a little worried. There was a record five, no, six quarterbacks entering the playoffs. So six of the 12 teams with quarterbacks under 25 or younger. Okay, and I know there's a rush for teams to get quarterbacks and then get them into systems as quick as they can. But you know what? Playoffs are a different thing, and everybody's finding that out, especially Lamar Jackson today and even Deshaun Watson yesterday. This is the NFL playoffs, not the college bowl season, my (laughs) friend. Uh And you know how easy it is to stop a running quarterback? The defensive end on the backside of that option handoff, don't sink down. Stay there and contain the quarterback. Yeah. And where's he going to go? Nowhere to go. Hello. Yep. And, you know, you watch enough film, that's what he did. And teams weren't defending it. Yep. Well, how easy it is just to tell the defensive end, don't you sink down on that fake handoff. 
I don't think that there's going to be any plays today uh, that Matt Nagy necessarily will call. Maybe one, uh, you know, a called running play for Mitchell Trubisky. I think the only time you'll see Trubisky run today is when he has to, when he has to scramble out in safety, maybe get a first down. Have you heard me call Nagy a moron all year? No. If he calls a a Trubisky run play, it'll be the first time. Okay. When the game's over, you're going. You're going to Mongos, right? Mongos, baby. Oh man, I gotta be with my people. Yeah, my brothers were there this week. I was supposed to be there for a fantasy draft. They enjoyed the pizza. The pizza was wonderful. Always is. And uh, Mongos, the place yeah. to be to catch the game. When the Bears are winning, it, you know the same people in that area show up for every game. It's like a family reunion every weekend. Sure, as long as they don't buy you shots all the time. Well, that's what uncles do. <laughs> Mongo and Fred, we're going to take a look at the Eagles. We come back. Tim McManus from ESPN will join us here on ESPN 1000. Try to outdrink each other. (laughs) This is Chicago's NFL Game Day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. And then hut, and it's on four. Now watch him. He's going. Hut, hut, hut. The most seeny, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. NFL game day. Good balance. They had a couple nice runs, a couple big plays down the field. Chicago's NFL Game Day. Oh my goodness, what a play! On ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, if nothing else, that sound always gets Steve Mongo McMichael fired up because you hate that one. (laughs) I'm grinding my teeth right now. You're just thinking about lining up against the Washington Redskins in your first playoff game. No, you know, Madden, what came from being an offensive lineman, boy, what I'd like to have lined up across from him. Oh, I bet you would have. But... Uh, welcome on in, Steve Michael McMichael. Me, I'm Fred Hubner. Chicago's NFL game day here in the uh, first Midwest Bank studio on uh, State Street. We're talking Bears and Eagles and why not? Uh, the inactives coming out in about 10 minutes. We'll keep a close eye on Trey Burton and Eddie Jackson. Jackson was on the field. Uh, there's been no sign of Trey Burton, which is not a good thing. Uh, we want to find out more about the Eagles. And to do that, we bring in from ESPN, Tim McManus. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing very well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Tim, uh, last week had to be really weird. You're sitting around watching an Eagles game, and all of a sudden, let's go Bears breaks out. That had to be weird. It was a little strange at FedEx Field, no doubt, where all this is happening. It was uh, <laughs> dominated by Eagles fans in that stadium. A little bit different here as I'm looking out uh, onto the parking lot from Soldier Field, and there's a, there is a lot of blue and orange. So I don't think it's going to be quite the same thing. But it was kind of an odd dynamic where the, the Eagles needed some help to get into the dance. Uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, is good friends with Matt Nagy and was texting them during the week saying, hey, if you do me a solid, and uh, Nagy certainly did, and, and uh, here they are. Well, don't the fans know that's how you curse yourself? <laughs> you're cheering for a team you're going to play Nick the next week? Go Bears! That might come back to haunt you. Well, you could look at it the other way. It might come back to haunt the Bears. I mean, they had uh, the opportunity to kind of tank that game and get Minnesota as their first-round opponent. And if you look at the, the matchup of the defensive line for the Bears versus the offensive line for Minnesota, I think that, that works out more favorably for them than, than the Eagles, who have a, a really good offensive front. And I think that that's going to be one of the keys that you're going to be looking at. Everybody has 
a crazy amount of respect for Khalil Mack and what they those guys type of uh, pass rush that they generate. But you know the Eagles have really been coming on along the offensive front as of late. And Lane Johnson playing his best ball of the year. You can say the same thing about center Jason Kelsey. And so that's a matchup that could help dictate uh, the outcome of this game. When you talk about uh, the tackles and you got you got Peters on one side, Lane Johnson on the other, uh, do you expect them to go one-on-one against Khalil Mack? Do you expect them to get some help with a chipping tight end or a chipping you know, another player? How do you expect them to go about trying to slow down Khalil Mack? Yeah, the message that I was getting this week is that they're going to help on Khalil Mack. The way that tight end Zach Ertz put it, we're not going to let one guy wreck our entire game plan, and Mack has that ability. And so Art said that he wouldn't be surprised if he's asked to stay in, particularly early in the game, uh, to help on Mac. And, you know, this offensive system generally does work with their tackles out on islands where Lane Johnson and Jason Peters are asked to do a lot of the heavy lifting. But I think they view this as a special circumstance where Mac is such a force that they're going to have to alter their game plan a little bit. Oh, yeah, I've always looked at it like subterfuge. You know, we're going to single-team Khalil back. My, uh, it's kind of like... Ooh, our Philly cheesesteak, and that's cheese whiz. That's subterfuge, baby. There you go. But you look at it, and it's obviously the Philadelphia fans, you know, what happened last year with Nick Foles, they've got confidence in him. I'm looking at his numbers, 9-2 and two as a starter since the start of last year. What is it that he does differently than Carson Wentz does when he's in there for this team? Well, one thing that you're seeing, especially over these last three games, uh, when he came in replacement of, of Wentz, that he's getting the ball out fast. You know, on, on average, 2.46 seconds per attempt. That's second in the NFL over that span. He's playing with a, a rhythm and a confidence and um, and not getting behind the chains. I think with Wentz, a lot of it, you know, we found out more details. He was, he was dealing with a back injury, and that helped explain a little bit of it. But there was a lot of kind of boom or bust uh, with Wentz where he was, he was taking big sacks and making, and making big plays. With Wentz, or with Foles, what you're seeing is him operating more like a point guard. He's distributing the ball pretty evenly. You've seen Alshon Jeffrey uh, really start to get into the mix more. He's averaging 100 yards per game in those three games with Foles. And so that's really been the key for them is just make sure that you're playing with a good amount of tempo, uh, getting the ball out fast, and obviously that'll be huge today against a very powerful Bears pass rush. Well, let's talk about Wentz some more. Uh, has he got you guys worried in Philly, you know, Career-wise, not just one year to the next, but I'm talking about being y'all's franchise quarterback for the years to come. Because I heard him after he went for that touchdown and got his knee blown up. This Coming into this year, he said, well, I'm not going to change how I play. Ooh, man, does that worry you guys? Or are you all right with it? Well, I think that there's always going to be a level of aggressiveness to Wentz's game. And in fairness, if you take away that element, then you take away some of the, the best parts of Wentz. So I think that he is always going to be Hurt. kind of dancing on, on that line. Well, I mean, you know, this year he was he was acting a little bit smarter. Um, and I, I think that he was not jeopardizing his body as much. And, uh, and you know, a lot of quarterbacks don't have the type of success that they, they are accustomed to their first year coming back off of a major knee repair. And so while, you know, there, obviously people are, are enamored with what Foles is doing, and why not? I mean, he, he delivered them a Super Bowl championship. He brought the, this team back to life and, and got them into the playoffs. But the long-term future uh, in the organization's eyes is, is with Wentz. And, uh, you know, they're hopeful that 
he'll get past these injuries and, and uh, you know, have a bright future ahead of him. All quarterbacks have their go-to guys. They have their favorite receivers. You look at Zach Ertz. Who's, who's uh, favorite is it uh, no, uh, Foles' favorite, Zach Ertz, or is it Wentz's favorite? Or if it's not Foles' favorite, how's it break down for Foles? Because is there a certain guy when he's in trouble, he knows where to find him? I would say the, there's two guys that Foles has has leaned on more than the others, and that would be Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, with Wentz this year, I, it was mostly Ertz. I mean, he was targeting him a heck of a lot, uh, but it's the ball's been more evenly distributed since Foles got into the lineup. And I think that you know the Eagles are, are looking at the matchup between not just Zach Ertz, but also uh, the rookie tight end, Dallas Goddard, versus you know, these despairs uh, linebackers and think that maybe that's uh, an area that they might be able to, to grab a slight advantage in. So I'm expecting a, a pretty heavy dose of Ertz and Goddard. Uh, and also, I think they they like what they see with the uh, you know the matchup on the outside with Alshon Jeffrey versus those cornerbacks. So I think both of those guys are going to be uh, you know heavily involved in this game plan. You look at uh, you know here in Chicago, everybody's got their worries about Cody Parkey. He's missed ten kicks, combination of field goals and extra points. Uh, Jake Elliott. Uh, before I started looking at the numbers and talking to people from Philadelphia, I thought Jake Elliott was good, but uh, the people in Philly have similar concerns with Jake Elliott, don't they? Well, it's, he's a he's a strange kicker. It's like if he's kicking from like forty five and out, you know, that people have all the confidence in the world in him. Um, and in clutch moments, I think that's true as well. He's he has struggled uh, from shorter distances. Sometimes it can be a little bit of a high wire act from there. But but certainly, you know, if you think about the sixty two yard uh, game winning field goal he had as a rookie last year against the Giants, that really got this this team going. Some of the clutch moments that he has had, even of late. Uh, generally, uh, there's there's confidence, I think, in Elliott that he can get the job done, especially in big spots. Well, all he needs to do is concentrate, it sounds like to me, because a guy that can kick a field goal that far yeah. in a heated situation and he misses from the short range, it means he goes out there and takes it for granted and is not concentrating. You better believe it. You know, one last thing for you, Tim, uh, and I'm, I'm always concerned because I've seen Darren Sproles play so well for so many teams. How's he playing lately for the Philadelphia Eagles? He's playing really well, and, you know, he was chomping at the bit to get back at it after having to sit out most of the season last year and miss kind of the Super Bowl run with an injury, and then he gets a hamstring injury after week one, and he's on the shelf for a long time, just had two setbacks with that hamstring. Finally got back into the lineup of late, and the Eagles are 4-1 and since he returned. Uh, he's just added a jolt to this offense, and even though he's 35 years old, he's, he's definitely not playing like it. And no. Reports coming out today that, that maybe he's going to even try to extend his career beyond this year after thinking he was going to retire after last season. So, um, you know, so he, uh, I don't, I mean, people respect him to the nth degree uh, around the league and certainly in the Eagles locker room. Uh, they play with a certain passion with him. They respect the heck out of what he's, he brings to the table, and, and he has definitely helped this offense get back on track. What is the stat I see about Foles? And, you know, those Texas quarterbacks come out of high school, baby, and they've been playing the shotgun option and reading defenses since Friday night lights. But what did I see since he's his, his, the games he started, he's undefeated? Is that is that right? From last year to yeah, this year, nine and two. I got. He's the yeah, nine and two over the past two seasons, um, and he's he's come up clutch, obviously in in big spots as well. 
And I think really the key for him is uh, the, the coaching staff did a really good job of shaping the offense uh, to, to match his strengths. And they went back and they looked at some of the, the Chip Kelly tape uh, back from the uh, 2013 season when Foles was out of his mind, uh, 27 touchdowns and just two interceptions, and started incorporating some of those RPOs, those run-pass options, finding ways to simplify it so Foles is confident in the game plan where he just has to read and react. That's been the key for him. Credit to the coaches and obviously credit to, to number nine for everything he's been able to accomplish. Tim, we really appreciate you jumping on. Hopefully it's a good game, and I'm sorry, hopefully it's your last game this year that you have to worry about covering. But we appreciate you <laughs> yeah. jumping on for us, okay? Thanks. Uh, yeah. A pleasure. Yeah, thanks, guys. My, my wish is that you have a great offseason, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> thanks, Tim. Tim McManus and from ESPN. Maybe that's the stat I saw. The last six games he's yeah. undefeated. Yeah, he's been a nine and two. He's been really amazing. Uh, bad new- Good news and bad news from the Bears inactives. Eddie Jackson is active. He will be playing, so number 39 will be uh, roaming in the uh, backfield, the defensive backfield for the Chicago Bears. Bad news is there is no Trey Burton. So, Adam Shaheen, welcome on into the playoffs. Uh, We'll see which other. It looks like all the other uh, tight ends will be active. Broniker will be active. Daniel Brown will probably be active in this game. The inactives for the Bears, Kevin White, Eric Cush, um, Rashad Coward, he's an offensive lineman, hasn't played all year. Uh, Wouldn't you change your name? Yeah. Trey Burton, Javon Wims is inactive after his four catches last week. Nick Williams and Aaron Lynch. We pretty much knew Aaron Lynch was going to be out. He's still got that elbow injury. But the bad news is Trey Burton, who is a uh, last-minute uh, announcement last night that he had the uh, groin injury, now he is out of the game. All week long, all week long, all we talked about. Here's Matt Nagy, the impact that Trey Burton has had. He's been everything plus uh, from what, what, I, uh, what I knew, what I saw on tape. Uh, just seeing him and what he's done and, and what he did in Philadelphia, what he's done here now with us. You know, his, his volume of plays was in like 25% play time, 30%, in there, 33, somewhere around there. And now he's up in the, in, in I want to say almost the 80s, 85. That's a lot. So that's a, that's everything that he's done. That's new to him. And so considering that and taking into what he's doing and the amount of the leader that he is with these guys and the, the, the calmness that he gives the players in the room. He's just he does everything the right way, so he's been he's exceeded my expectations. Uh, your thoughts on the loss of uh, Trey Burton for this game? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. He's a key guy in this offense for and the uh, passing my, game for Trubisky. I tell you what, my thought is when they're doing the dance off on Saturday night before the games, doing the Chinese split should be outlawed from now on. Doing any kind of thing that could possibly get you hurt. Yeah. I've been against this, and again, we have no idea. If you yeah, know, this is where it came that's from, that's speculation. We'll never know where it came from, where this oh, yeah. injury came from. You know, you know how you do the tight ends on your remotes. Yeah, he'll be there one day. Well, one of these days, and maybe you can tell me out uh, in secret. Uh, well, but, just tell him. Well, see, Trey Burton joins Cap every morning. Uh, the day well, after he the game, don't tell Cap nothing. Well, okay, he'll tell you. Cap will ask. You know, him, all you got to just tell it. What you just tell him. <laughs> In private, I'm not going to tell nobody. <laughs> Fill me in. I'll only and tell, tell you. everybody on this. Yeah, you tell me, and I'll tell I'll everybody. I'll tell you. Yeah. I said, listen, I'm only going to tell one guy. Yeah, because because mine goes and, threatening me, and he's not a rat, <laughs> but he's a mole. Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. So no Trey Burton, but Eddie Jackson is active.
if you had your druthers, I guess, you know, that's not a bad thing. It's not well, a bad trade-off. You get Eddie Jackson coming in. He's an all-pro at the uh, defensive free safety position. But you lose your starting tight end, who has a, a ton of catches for you this year. He's got five catches in each of the last couple of games. He's a guy that scores touchdowns for you, and now you're not going to have him in uh, the playoff game. That's got to be a killer for him. I don't well, know how the injury happened, and we won't know, well, you know, for sure. For a while, but uh, yeah. that's got to be a killer. Let's start that cheer going. Two bits, four bits, six bits a dollar. If Shaheen can't do it, nobody can. <laughs> is that how it goes? I don't know. I had never heard that one. Yeah. Uh, so here's what it is. Trey Burton this year, 54 catches, 569 yards. The other tight ends for the Bears this year, Adam Shaheen, five catches for 48 yards. Ben Broniker, three catches for 42 yards. Um, and that's it. Well. If she can, Maybe Bradley Soule uh, plays the, t- t- the tight end position. If can quit beating the back of his head on the ground and giving himself a concussion, I like how tall he is in his wingspan. So do I. Baby. So do I. It's the third game Burton has missed in his NFL career. He's, he started all 16 games this year, led the Bears, skilled players, and snaps all season long. And uh, this, is, this is a tough loss uh, for the Bears. And it's not like they have a lot of time to uh, get over this one. Uh, ben Broniker is a guy that has played a little bit. He has caught some passes from Mitchell Trubisky this year. Not a ton, but he's caught a few. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, he's, he's key. Yeah. You know, what every kid learns in their life, right after it happens to them and they go, I didn't think that could happen. Yeah. They learn and don't do that no more. Uh-huh. I, this I, is what I don't. I don't know what happened, right? But I promise you, that's what Burton's saying right now. I got to tell you the, the story, and and it wasn't a groin. I pulled a hamstring twice. Twice I pulled a hamstring. Actually, three times. Once playing softball, pick up softball, and run into first base. The other two times, once my leg went out from under me as my toe hit the oiled lane out of bowling alley, yeah. and my leg went straight and just yeah. And the the other time was. I was trying to show off to my wife at a carnival. We were already married, so she knew I was an idiot to start with. And I was trying to show off, and it was one of those things where you throw the pitch and you try to get the speed of the pitch. And I wound up real hard, and I threw it, and my foot, when it came down, slipped on gravel. And boom, hamstring pulled. So I'm on the ground, and she goes, are you okay? I said... I pulled my hamstring, and she goes, and you didn't throw a fast pitch either. You and know, I said, oh, that's nice. Thank you. you. Just explained, I appreciate it. You just sp- explained <laughs> to every young kid that's just a citizen, not an athlete, right. why injuries happen to oh. them. They were sh- trying to show off. That's right. Trying to show off. And then the bowling, it was just – and the funny thing was, a month after I hurt myself bowling, everybody laughed at me. Uh, Ron Gardenhire, I think it was, the manager of the Twins, did the you same thing. You know why thing. they laughed at you? Same thing. You know why they laughed at you? Why do you need a hamstring to bowl, Fred? I know. I know. Well, nobody figured it. Nobody figured. They go, how could you do it? And then when I told you, them how. You can go up to that line and straight leg throw a strike. Yeah, I know. It was it was bad. It was not It was not well, a good look. You know, so. you were showing off. Not in that one. That yeah, one I was just trying were. to. That one oh, I was just. Yeah. I mean, you were hitting that form. Yeah. And, oh, they're watching me. <laughs> oh, yeah. One guy who has been behind the Bears for quite a while is ESPN's Lewis Riddick. He has been a player personnel guy around the league, uh, played in the league, and uh, he was on the other day. And guess what? He's still picking the Bears to not lose anymore this year. I, I really do just think that everything is trending in the right way for this team. 
I really do believe that the quarterback is being undersold. Heck, I've undersold him, and I've been one of the people who've been uh, one of this team's biggest proponents and one of his biggest proponents and supporters. But I think he's going to play some of his best football. I think Matt Nagy is dialed in. I think some of the answers, you know, that Vic Fangio has given when people ask him about what have you been doing to, how have you been splitting up your time to prepare for head coaching interviews coming up, and the Philadelphia Eagles, and he goes, mm, I haven't really done anything. I mean, I haven't done anything as far as the interviews are concerned. I'm worried about this game. This team is locked in. They're ready to go. Now, I will say this, though. The Eagles are rolling. The Eagles are in a, in a real, real good spot right now. And this is going to be a game, when you watch this game, it's going to be a game like you're seeing these highlights that are going across your screen right now. If you're watching this on TV, this is going to be a game that really the defenses are going to be in the spotlight and the defensive fronts are going to be in the spotlight in particular. Because right now, nobody's playing better than Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett for the Eagles. Nobody's playing better than Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks for the, for the Bears. So if you love defensive line playing Golick and Golick, I know you both do. This is the game to watch. Yeah, that was on the Golick and Wingo show the other day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you when you watch a Bears game, you expect good defense, but you also expect the Bears defense to sometimes turn those defensive plays into points, and they've done it all year long. Yes. Yeah, and this brings to mind talking about defensive linemen. Uh-huh. I was going to bring this up today and just come to my mind. To, I want to talk about Matt Millen. Okay. The old Raider. You know, he, he was a nose guard, and then they changed the linebacker, but really defensive right. lineman mentality. Just had a heart transplant, uh-huh. and he's still alive, baby. Yep, yep. You understand? He's a guy that got a bad rap because he took over the, in Detroit. And, and he had some terrible, terrible well, draft. He, you know, Thanks. a guy that comes from defense and he's drafting wide receivers, is he? Yeah, a lot of them, too. I know. He drafted a lot of Come them. Come on no, I always like Matt Millen, and, yeah, he made some bad moves as a general manager in the National Football League, but, uh, yeah, he got that heart transplant, and he's still around. That's a great thing. Great thing. He waited for it for a while, and uh, it looked like for a while he may not have gotten it. Uh, one Quickly, Lewis Riddick also, he talked about the key matchups with his uh, Eagles and uh, Bears game. Let's give it a listen here on ESPN 1000. He joined Waddle and Sylvie, talked about it. Yeah, I, I think really or if, if we look at what's the most intriguing part, and the part they talk about the most with each team, I mean, it's the resurgence of the Philadelphia offense and the chemistry that exists with Nick Foles on the football field and how they look totally different as an offense and overall as a team against what is the best defense in the NFL, arguably the best defense in the NFL if you want to compare you know, Chicago to Baltimore, and how is Nick going to look? How is all that feel-good um, type of relationship that, and type of attitude that's going on with their offense and the increase in number of players that are being involved in that offense? How is that all going to look against a defense that right now has pretty much stoned, for the most part, everyone and can reduce quarterbacks to looking very frustrated and very dejected once the game is over? And on top of it, knowing that Matt knows the system that Doug runs. How much time does he spend with Vic Fangio this week, kind of giving him whatever he needs as far as an extra edge to defend that, if he needs any? And then on top of it, at the same time, Doug, you know, along with Jim Schwartz, how does Jim Schwartz decide to get after Mitch Trubisky? And how much does he take try and take the running game out of this, which I'm assuming he's going to try and take the running game out of it, make sure Jordan and Tariq don't have aren't major factors, and make Mitch prove that he can beat him through the air, which is exactly what I would do, and I think any defense would do, and what every defense is going to try to do at this from this point on. Sell out and make them one-dimensional and prove to Mitch that 
He needs to throw it, not run with it, but throw it. And how do they get that done? That's why it's it's a tremendous, tremendous matchup with all the familiarity and how each team can utilize basically the entire coaching staff to help each side of the ball right. get ready to play here. That's you, pretty yeah, good. they really like. I mean, this of all the matchups this week. This was the one that everybody's looking forward to. It's a good, it's a great thing that it's the last one because we've not really seen a lot of good football being played yet. And now I wouldn't mind if the Bears had a bad game and still won the game. But this looks like well, that's a game, what good teams do. Right. That's what good teams do. But this looks like it could be a matchup where you've got two good teams, you've got two good defenses, and there's going to, I think both offenses are going to make some nice plays in this game today. Listen, baby. If that field was frozen like it usually is yeah. in winter. At this time of year, yeah. It doesn't. It's not a proponent of good defense. Uh-huh. But the way that those cleats are going to sink in that grass today, we're going to see some good defense on both sides of the ball today. Sure. And and they've got it. And the one thing I think that the Bears are going to be able to attack, uh, the Eagles on the outside. Swing passes to Tariq Cohen to Taylor Gabriel, maybe some of those jet sweeps that they run to the running back or the wide receivers. That's what I'm expecting. Try to get outside. Running up the middle may be tough for the Bears originally until they uh, establish the outside a little bit, and then maybe they'll open it up a little bit and get some yards. And I, I, I can't wait to see Kyle Long again in his second game back from injury and opening up some holes for Jordan Howard early. You know, somebody should think about hiring you as their head coach, Fred, because you just laid out a good game plan right there, baby. Well, you know, I watched, I went back and I watched some, uh, I watched some Philadelphia yeah. Eagles highlights. So let's hopefully we'll. Well, uh, that's what a good coach does. He yeah. does his, watches the film of the yeah. team he's going to play and game plans. It seems it seems pretty easy. We'll see if it gets done <laughs> today. We come back. We've got bold predictions. We got four of us yeah. today. You know when it ain't easy? Forty five seconds. Yeah. To call that next one, baby. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Yeah. Uh, Steve Michael McMichael, Fred Hubner, we've got Sean Davis, we've got Felix Reyes. We'll give you our bold predictions when we come back right here on ESPN. Uh, I have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> Neither do I, usually leading into it. Somebody, but bold come, predictions. somebody come hit me in the head and rattle it loose, would you? Here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Bold predictions. Oh, yeah, bold predictions here on ESPN 1000. Mongo and Fred from the First Midwest Bank studio. And we do this each and every week, just kind of a way to throw some things out there. And every once in a while, they stick. You came up with a couple of good ones uh, back-to-back weeks, Mongo, about uh, the Bears-Rams game. You said the Bears would run more offensive plays, and people looked at you kind of cross-eyed, and they did. I just realized this. We got the First Midwest Bank plaque up here. That's right. First Midwest Bank studio now. They're holding out money on us, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) They would never do that. Because that ain't up there for free, is it? Good advertisement. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so we come up with bold predictions, and uh, you said you got one in the yeah. commercial break, so I'll let you start because I don't want to steal your bold yeah. prediction. I went into the bathroom, and standing at the urinal, okay. it hit me. Okay. Well, someone in next year, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I told you somebody come hit me in the head and jog it loose. Yep. The Bears will be the only team today between them and Philly to convert on fourth down. Okay. You hear me? Yep. The only team converting on fourth down. That's a bold statement. I got a feeling they might do it more than once, too. 
Really? Just with uh, you know, with Cody Parkey as their kicker. I don't care how many times it happens. No, no. Philly will, the, the Bears will. Yeah. Uh, Felix, you got one for us? Yes, I do. Well, with the news of Trey Burton being inactive, it's time now for our second round Adam Shaheen to step up big, and I expect him to score a touchdown today, guys. Adam Shaheen touchdown. I know exactly what it's going to look like too. No, just as long as he don't. It give could be him a two point conversion too, right? right? They're going to be That's in the fair. end. Zone. They're going to be in the inside the ten, and they're going to throw it high to the left side. Yeah. Adam Sheen is going to go up over everybody else, catch the ball, touchdown. Well, at least, well, at least if like the last time he scored, what happened after it? Yeah, I hit know. the back of his head on the ground, concussion. He's got to watch that. You got to get a pillow attached to the back of his helmet. So when he falls down, Sean, what do you got? A pillow. pillow. Since since Felix jumped on the limb that I was going to jump on first, I'm going to jump on another one and say all three units for the Bears will score a touchdown. Special teams, offense, and defense. All three units. So that's like the price is right. Somebody bids a thousand, and the next one goes a thousand and one. Right. Jumped all over you, did he? Uh huh. That was bold. Yep. Okay, I got one for you, and mine will be that the uh, Chicago Bears. Pro Bowlers, I'm sorry, I do this all the time. The Chicago Bears AP All-Pro players will all will all have a key defensive play today. That's or, a bold statement. Well, uh, so you'll have a game-changing play, is what you say. Well, you'll have a sack from Khalil Mack. Yeah. You'll have an interception from Kyle Fuller, and you'll have a strip from Eddie Jackson. Mm. So all three of those guys. I'm not going to go Tariq Cohen. Uh, with the touchdown, even though he may score one offensively. Don't say Tariq. Well, I don't, I don't think he's going to score one as a kick returner. He hasn't done it all year. He's going to give you the double go back, John Madden <laughs> touchdown. No. You, now, you're talking about Eddie Jackson's going to going to cause a fumble. Cause not, a fumble. Not strip and take his shirt off at Club Dub no, after no, no, the game. No. Hopefully he doesn't because <laughs> with, with a bad ankle, I don't. I want him in the corner of Club Dub. No, I don't I want, want him, him protecting. around. I want him sitting with uh, Trey Burton. I don't want all him the, dancing listen, around. Before Club Dub starts, all the unhealthy guys yeah. in the corner. Everybody that's questionable, yeah. get out of the mosh. Anybody that might have an injury problem, Good get the Lord. heck out of the way. We don't, oh, yeah, we don't want to see you here. Do uh, you think we'll see Nagy in the middle of that uh, oh, first playoff win? Yep. Huh? Yeah, Nagy does the boom. That's what Nagy does. He says he can't dance. He well, does no, the booms. Do you think any of them can? Oh, Tariq can dance. Uh, yeah, Tariq can dance. I don't see him with the, the silver ball trophy. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think he can dance. So those are our bold predictions. We'll see if any of them come to fruition today and uh, as the Bears take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, A coach that is familiar with coaching in the playoffs, Tony Dungy, a guy that's done it before, uh, he had some advice for Mitchell Trubisky going into his first playoff game. I would tell him the same thing that I told Trent Dilfer and Sean King uh, in their first playoff games in Tampa. It is just football. And it's the same thing as that Hall of Fame game. So understand the preparation is the same. The only thing that's different is if you lose, there's no other game until next year. But you can't think about that. You have to just think about doing things the exact same way you've done them every week and go out and play that same game. You don't have to elevate your game. You don't have to do anything more. You just have to be who you were during the regular season. Now, it sounds so simple. 
But Tony Dungy, actually, what he said is, it's just a game. You've been playing this game your whole life. Now, there's more meaning to the game, but it's just a game, isn't it? It's just another Sunday. It's just another game. What he means is don't get yourself so amped up about yep. something you think is you hadn't experienced before. Right. That you get yourself out of your rhythm and timing and you get outside of what made you good, calm, cool, and collected like every quarterback should be. Right. Have you seen any of them jerking? You know, this Jackson and first two times fumbles the ball. That's because he was jerking around yeah. thinking, I got to do more. Sure. It's another level. Sure. You know, that subterfuge by the other teams, oh, it's another level. Yeah. You want the other team to think that. Sure you do. Sure you do. You want him to think that way. So hopefully Tony uh, Dungy's uh, thoughts, uh, Mitch, will go into the game. Now, a couple times, and I read those earlier, he said he was trying to do too much against Green Bay at the start of the year, against the Rams. He was too amped up. The words that Mongo used. Of course, of course during it, Tony Dungy found out with his attitude uh John Gruden had to come to Tampa and finish the job, huh, yeah, Fred? he did. He did. All right. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, you find him on ESPN. We'll hear his prediction for the game with Darren Woodson in a couple minutes. But he was asked if he trusts Teddy Bruschi, the former linebacker for New England, if he trusts Mitchell Trubisky. If you're talking about in the pocket consistently where he has to stand there and be a drop-back passer, I do not trust him. That is where he struggles. Accuracy has been a problem for him at times in the past. However, this is a special player in Trubisky. Not with his accuracy, but with his ability to escape. This is one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league when he gets out of the pocket. He can run, he can use his legs, and on the run, all right, throwing on the run in broken plays. Those are the plays I'd be afraid of if I were the Eagle defense because you have to just cover for so long because Trubisky is so slippery in the pocket and he's so elusive and fast. Faster than you think. I mean, he'll get... Oh. Let's, let's keep talking next, Jen. Yeah, yeah. He'll get up to 19 miles per hour, 18 miles per hour. He's that fast of a quarterback, so you got to run him down and hustle. Yeah, see, those they have those next-gen stats on ESPN, and uh, it, it, is, it is amazing you, you know how quick how he is. You know how looks at, at, at him like he's a fast quarterback? Because all the years he played in New England, he was playing with a quarterback that runs like a baby giraffe. <laughs> That's why. Yes, it is. Tom Brady's not a guy that moved that well. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky became the first Bears quarterback to pass for at least 3,000 yards or rush for 400 yards. Now, think about it. They had a couple running quarterbacks in the past, way back when, Bobby Mm, Douglas. Bobby Douglas. And then Vince Evans used to run around a lot, too, with the Chicago Bears. I don't think either one of them, obviously, I know neither Uh, one of them threw for 3,000. When Harbaugh first came here, he ran around on that field like a chicken with his head cut off. (laughs) Did he really? Oh, yeah. Now, it says here the mobility uh, played a big factor in his 73 total QBR, which is the highest mark of any Bear since 2006. He ranked third this season behind only Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees in total quarterback QBR, quarterback passer rating, or quarterback rating. Can can we get the computer to go all the way back to Sid Luckman? I don't think so. Uh, They probably do. They probably do. Um, But in the 40s, you know, they were running that T formation, and he was a running back, but he threw the ball, too. Yep. Trubisky, a couple other stats on Trubisky. He threw seven touchdown passes on the run this year, tied with Andrew Locke and Eli Manning for the second most. Only Patrick Mahomes with 14 threw more touchdowns on the run. Think about it. Patrick Mahomes with twice as many. He threw 50 touchdown passes, 14 of those on the run. Again, I'll go back to, oh, Andy Reid, genius play caller. That's Mahomes extending the play. Yeah. 
and making something big happen that Andy Reid wasn't yeah. in the mindset that was going to happen on that play. But the one thing we've we've said it all. You said it for a couple of years now. Trubisky he throws the ball well on the run. You want to get him out of the pocket, he can throw the ball well, well moving. You know this is what I say about the responsibility of calling the right play for what that quarterback does good is the is the play caller. You know Nagy, the head coach, who right. calls the plays. Sure. Now, oh, this whole year's gone by. You don't think Nagy knows? seven-step drop is not his forte, so maybe that shouldn't be in the play calling. Yeah. I don't know that he even knows a seven-step drop, Matt Nagy, because I got a feeling that's not in his playbook. That's the shotgun snap, and you you take a couple of steps back and look around whether you're seven yards deep when you do that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, One more thing on Trubisky. He scrambled for 320 yards, third most behind only Josh Allen of Buffalo and Deshaun Watson. Twelve of those scrambles resulted in third-down conversions, the most of any quarterback in the league. Now, as Bear fans out there, you know how frustrating it's been the last ten years watching Aaron Rodgers scramble out of the pocket and get those first downs. Dude, this is just what we're talking about. That's what that's what Mitchell Trubisky has done this year. He scrambled for uh, twelve first downs on third downs, converting it most of any quarterback in the league. But look. Two broken collarbones <laughs> and know, a damaged knee later. Yep. Should you want Aaron Rodgers to do that more? Well, it's just my fear of what's coming for Trubisky. I'm having Jim McMahon deja vu, baby. Oh, they're going to extend that play. They're going to try to fit it in there and get all they can. You get blown up, my friend. He is. He is getting down a lot quicker. Good. Yeah, he's getting down a lot quicker, and slowly but surely, Still, he's know, learning how to slide. I know he's getting down quicker, Fred, but you know what got Winch's knee tore up? Oh, yeah. Trying and, oh, diving for that first oh, down. The, no, there's the goal line. Yeah. And I can slide and hand the ball off the next play at the running back score, but I'm going to make the play. Yeah. Boom. That was a play last night called incorrectly, uh, where the player actually lost control of the ball before he got to the goal line, and the ball went out of bounds into the end zone and out, and they gave him the touchdown. I thought that was a wrong play. Touchback. Yeah, yeah, they gave him the touch. No, they called the touchdown instead of the touchback, where it should have been the other team's ball at the 20. Um, but what happened is, I don't know if you remember, but Tariq Cohen said earlier this year, because remember, he held the ball out one time, and he said, yeah. Nagy told him, do not hold the ball out just to try to get that touchdown. Yeah. Uh, they still, it's hard for them to do it. It's hard for a skilled player, an offensive player, to not try to do that, to try to reach for the, the, the pylon. You know why it's hard for them to do it? Selfish diva. Well, they want to score. They want to. They want to. They want to score. They want to be the reason that everyone's dancing. I thought this was all all about (laughs) us and family and counting on your teammates. That's that's what we hear. That's the interview. Yeah, it is. Well, it is. You know what I learned about having a conversation with the devil? What he tells you is a lie. Believe the opposite. Okay. You understand? I haven't had a talk with the devil of late. Uh, and when Trubisky goes, well, I'm, I'm learning how to to protect myself and go down early. Liar. 
Um, we've got um, Brewski and uh, Darren Woodson preview the game. We've got the guys from inside the NFL, Sims and Esiason and Irvin and Ray Lewis. They preview the game. We've got all that, but we come back. We're going to have Yurko's keys. Yurko's keys to a Bears victory. He does it each and every week right here. You'll hear Yurko and Carmen tomorrow from noon to 2 breaking it down for you. When are all these stations going to learn all these old punch-drunk quarterbacks are going to let you down? You think? Oh, yeah. You think? Hey, I've watched inside the NFL. Uh huh. It ain't near what it used to be when Bonacani did it. Oh, I know. I, I agree with you. Well, didn't it Sims used to be Bo- Boomer. Didn't it used to be Bonacani and Dawson all the way back in the day? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. that was before Dawson got old and punched drunk. <laughs> That happens. You know, Boomer and Sims, oh my God. Well, we've got, you'll hear from you know, Sims. You'll, I think you'll like what you hear from Ray, Sims and Lewis and all Ray of them. Ray Lewis sounds smarter. <laughs> That's going somewhere. And he was, he was literally a battering ram with his head. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Uh, I think you'll like what they all have to say. But when we come back, we'll see what Yurko thinks. His keys to a Bears victory. Bears and Eagles getting ready to go at it. 340 to start. And don't forget, before we're out of here, we're going to play. Eric Ostrowski put together a great, great 2018 Bears season in review. Not only Bears season, but Bears year in review. We'll hear all that before we you get out of here. I think about quarterbacks to, to this day. I'm still brainwashed. It's like that old skit. Niagara Falls slowly... Quarterback, slowly I I turn. turn Step by step. Right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, before we get to Yurko's keys here on ESPN 1000, let's run to Old Town and George. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, George. Burton's out. It's time to suit up Mango, man. He's the man. But anyway... (laughs) I think Nick, it'll be lucky a full season second half with the Bear defense. They're ready to go. They just got a spy on uh, Sproles with uh, Trevathan and my friend uh, Roquan, and I think that'll take care of the rest. Well, and you, you mentioned Foles, too. We appreciate the call, George. Uh, Foles, he's already got bad ribs. Uh, he was cleared pretty early in the week, but, you know, you, you put your shoulder in that ribs. Yeah. When you get mango in there, I did mango. As old as I am, <laughs> my groin stays in a perpetual state of sprain. <laughs> so Trey Burton is out. Uh, nah, he will miss the game today. I got a chill. I had to put my coat on, Fred. Got a chill about that. It is a little chilly in here. Well, yeah. You know the things you do in your life that you regret for the rest of your... I hope it wasn't one of them deals. Well, you know two of those guys. Uh, Al Harris. Well, they're holding out all year. And, yeah. You know, but this is... I'm talking about, you know, you only got so many games in your career. Right. You know, I played in 207 in a row. But 200 games, that ain't that many, baby. Yeah. For a career, yep. you only got so many to play. And... You do something that jeopardizes just one of them games. You regret it for the rest of your life. Well, especially Trey Burton. We don't know how it happened, how the injury that's happened. That's what I'm saying. I right. hope it's not yeah. uh, going out and messing around. and Out with a groin injury. He will miss the game today, but Eddie Jackson will play. Uh, let's hear Yurko's keys to a Bears victory. He does them each and every Friday before Bears game. I hope he doesn't say, throw the ball to Burton. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> we'll see. See what he has to say. Yeah. Uh, right here on ESPN 1000. Key number one. 
The Philadelphia Eagles have been susceptible to the long ball this year. For one reason or another, they haven't been able to defend the deep pass. They've got no secondary players left. The Bears have not been fantastic on the deep pass, but maybe we saw signs of life with the big 40-some-odd-yard grab by Taylor Gabriel last week that took him down to the one-yard line. Philadelphia's susceptible. The Bears have kind of had a little bit of success lately doing it. I think it needs to be done. Key number two. Once you set up the short passing game, the double move is going to be a thing of beauty. The double move, a thing of beauty. Make sure whether it's off that slip screen, where you go ahead and release guys downfield, whether you got yourself a nice little sluggo, a slant and go. Love it. You got yourself a, a, a hitch and go. Whatever it is you're going to utilize, make sure you've got some double moves in there for your guys so you can go ahead and make yourself uh, uh, that much uh, touchdown, scoring touchdowns that much easier. Key number three. <laughs> I'd like to see the offense control the clock. They that, have most that of the That was year. done, Carm, yep. last week, predicated upon the dominance of the defense yep. and then the great third-down conversion rate that the Bears had. Yes. So, 8 of 14 last once week? you set up the left-right, left-right, I think that's when you're going to be able to gaff them on the inside and gaff them with the run once you get them a little fatigued. I like it. I think that's what the Bears are going to have to do. Key number four. <laughs> All I'm asking for is competency out of the special teams. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just be not, average. The bar is Good not luck. high. <laughs> I'm not setting the bar high. I don't accept. Uh, I don't expect anything exceptional. Just a level of competence that you should have in the NFL. Punt snap. Get the ball off. Sit in the right spot. If you're a punter or a kicker, stay close to the bench. Don't go where the big boys are. The real football players are. Okay. Avoid that big, thick white line on the sideline, okay? Stay on the bench. We don't need you to do anything. And Parky, for the love of God, my man, whatever you do, avoid the posts at all costs. He was at Soldier Field practicing again this week. He could practice there a thousand times, okay? Hopefully the kid, when counted upon, when they need him, will kick a field goal. Let's hope. And I'm calling for a 17-13 Bears victory, and those are the keys to a Bears victory. Okay, competency from the special teams is a great wow. one. I cracked up laughing. And for the love of God, avoid the posts <laughs> to Cody Parkey. That's all you need. Well, yeah, kind of in between to... those is the yeah, right thing, right? That, that would be the way to do it. Kick yeah. him in between the post. No more doinks of course, this coming week. Of course, you can go outside that post and avoid it. Yeah, we don't want him to do that. No, I mean, no, you can take that. That's like a parable in the Bible. You can take it one or two ways. Yeah, you could. Uh, we come back. Uh, we'll hear from what the guys at the inside of the NFL have to say about the Bears and Eagles. Final moments with us. We're here till the bottom of the hour, 3.30 on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. It sounds like when I'm talking to past Chicago still holds a, a big part of your heart. Is that going to be fun going back there? Like to the city at least? I love the city of Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> I love the city of Philadelphia. Chicago is just when I was there for work. Talk to the guys. I know certain fields have different, you know, Footwork, traction, you know, that, that field kind of frozen a lot. I mean, is there anything that you remember about playing there that oh, the field, you can do? The field is terrible. I definitely know that. That's the same time as football, man. That's Elshon Jeffrey, number 17 for Philadelphia. Are you talking about Soldier Field's the worst field? The worst field I ever played on was at the Vet in Philly. 
Well, isn't that where Wendell Davis went up and oh, blow yeah. out both ACLs you know, in the same plane? They're playing baseball plane? there, too, but they're just yeah. laying answer turf on top of the dirt. Right. Well, there were big seams you could stick your fist in. Yeah. And your foot going to go in there, you go tear something. Wendell Davis goes up for a pass. He comes down, blows out two ACLs yeah. in the same yeah. play. I never saw anything like that well, in my that, life. Look, you remember I said, you're talking to the devil, you learn the truth because whatever he tells you is a lie. Yep. Yeah. Jeffrey said he loves Philly. Liar. Yeah. He said this is just where he worked. He uh, even, loves Philly. Even so. people from Philadelphia are disgruntled <laughs> and don't like Philly. Uh, we got a lot to get to before we're out of here. Don't forget, we also, before we get out of here, we're going to listen to uh, Eric Ostrowski put together a great Bears, um, basically a, um, a Bears season in review, a Bears year of review, all the way back to when Matt Nagy was named the Bears head coach. But a couple other things we want to get to have been teasing the inside the NFL stuff. Uh, let's get to this. This was the um, guys over at Inside the NFL on Showtime. You got Phil Sims, you got Ray Lewis, Michael Irvin, Boomer Esaias, and they all sit around, they look at the games, and they then predict the games for the following week. This is what they had to say about this Eagles-Bears game this week over on Showtime Inside the NFL. I just Nick brought them up, too, really didn't I? Good in these you what? I just brought them up, too, didn't I? Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Nick Segway. Foles has been really good in these starts uh, since he's come in for Carson Wentz because they are taking that football and he's getting rid of it fast, all that short passing game. And you know what? That's not going to work against the Chicago Bears. Mm. Outside against Vic Fangio, who I think is one of the better defensive coordinators in, in the NFL, he's going to be ready for that quick passing game. And the Bears, that defense, there's no weakness. And they got a good offensive line. And what do they got a quarterback? Boomer. It's Trubisky. They got a quarterback that can move around he's and make like plays. Ray Lewis. I tell you, he's got a set of legs like Ray. He and, does. And, and so I think that's going to be the big difference in the game. Mitchell Trubisky can move around and make plays. Yeah, I've, I, you know, I, I coach um, Vic Fangio coached me for a few years, so his mentality is pure aggressive. Go get the person with the football. And I think when you add Khalil Mack and what these guys oh. broke on, listen. This defense is running. Speed at linebacker. They, they, yes. are, they are speedy at linebacker, and they are hitting anything that moves. And I think Philly's going to have a hard time getting the ball up and down the field against them. I'm going to have to go with the Bears. Yeah, I'm going with the Bears too, man. Yeah. I, I, I think this, this defense is going to be incredible, incredible in this game and, and, and stop Philly. You know, Michael Bennett was a guest of ours here on Showtime. Right. He's probably laughing at us right now watching this, saying everybody's going to pick the Bears because I'm going to pick the Bears too, Michael. But the reason I'm going to pick the Bears is because I don't think Nick Foles is 100% and a few hits from that Chicago defense. Watch out. This could be a blowout. There you go. That Boomer Esiason says it could be a blowout. They all pick the Chicago Bears. Now, if, if you're one of those guys that doesn't like when everybody picks the Bears, last week in the Sun-Times and the Tribune, there were 11 guys that picked. 10 of the 11 picked the Vikings to beat the Bears. This week, they all picked the Bears to win. All 11 guys picked the Bears to win in the Sun-Times and the Tribune. All four guys on inside the NFL on Showtime pick the Bears to well, win. I'm looking at the back of the sports page here, and they're all picking the Bears, but it ain't a blowout. No. Uh, I think most of them pick them by like seven points, right? Yeah. Because most of the games, uh, the Bears haven't blown out a lot of o- opponents this year. They've blown out, I think it was three out of all their games. Think about it. The Bears, they went through a season. They lose four games, and it was the first time since 1963 that they have not lost a game by more than seven points. They oh. were, and they could have won. That, 
In my mind, that's the phenomenal thing about Nagy's first year. They've been in every game, even the ones they lost. Each and every game, they had a 20-point lead against Green Bay. They had an 11-point lead against the Dolphins. I think it was a 10-point lead against the Patriots. And they even got a lead against the Giants. They led in the second yeah. half of every game this year, yeah. which is no other team and in the NFL did that this and, year. You know, and I'll self-deprecate again here. That's one thing. You know, Miami was our Waterloo, baby. Yeah. Woo. Yep. Yep. I mean, that was 31 to seven in the first half. First five times they had the ball, they scored. That was bad. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't good. I mean, no, this defense ain't let that happen. No. This defense, what they've been doing, there's two games this year where the defense allowed guys to catch the ball and run after the catch. The Green Bay game and the Miami game. And after that, they stopped. They shut down the guys. Uh, they made a concerted effort. And a lot of it, I mean, Ray Lewis there talking about Vic Fangio says an aggressive style of defense. And that's obviously what you as a guy that played for the 85 Bears knows an aggressive style. That's what Fangio has brought to well, this team. Look, if you don't get them first, they're going to get you. Uh-huh. Don't, you know what prevent defense is, don't you? Yeah. You're preventing yourself from, from holding them back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's happened because they're going to go right down the field. Yeah, it's happened a couple times this year where the Bears, like the the first Bears win against uh, the Vikings. The Bears had the lead, then all of a sudden the fourth quarter, yeah. the Vikings here's Cousins throwing to well, the this Diggs whole year, to this Thielen, whole year they've been not good enough in the fourth quarter in my mind. Yeah, but just good enough to win. Yeah. The but sooner or later, defense. that's going to come back and bite you, Fred. Yeah, hopefully that's you not know, it today. I know the New England Patriots are. Or eight, what an eighteen and zero in the Super Bowl, and and oh boy, that can't happen. No, lose. Yeah. You know, they if they'd have won that game, they'd have been considered the best team of all time. Right. They lost one game, the Super Bowl. They ain't even in the top ten. <laughs> well, they did lose. How that happen? Well, they did lose to Eli Manning. That's, yeah, that's what happened. No, they lost to Justin Tuck and. Michael Strahan and O.C. Eumannura is yeah. who they lost to, baby. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. That's Let's a grab defensive another, line. Grab a call real quick. Romeoville, Jerry, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Jerry. Jerry. Hey. Jerry don't want to talk. Boy, he had a great point of view right there, boy. <laughs> you know why? I tell people, it's better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a moron than opening it and erasing all doubt. Okay, one more preview before we uh, hear the Bears' season in review. And this is from Teddy Bruschi and Darren Woodson. They break down each and every game on ESPN. Bruschi from uh, the the former uh, New England Patriots linebacker, Darren Woodson, played around in the National Football League. And uh, here they took a look at the Bears the and the Eagles. Raiders and the Packers. Raiders, Packers. And here's, here's what uh, they had to say, uh, Bears and Eagles today. All right, buddy, Eagles at the Bears. I'm torn on this one because the Eagles are hot. It seems like Nick Foles is back. He's the quarterback that he was in the last postseason when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, the Eagles defense is playing well, too. Where are you going to go? They're scary right now. This Eagles team is scary, and they're a team right now that can rush the passer. Like you just said, Nick Foles has brought life to this team. 
but I'm going with Chicago Bears mm. at home. When we talk about defense, the entire this entire season, the consistency has been the Chicago Bears, how they get to the passer, how they force turnovers, and I think they'll force turnovers this week. Tariq Cohen becomes an X factor in this football game. Apart, I'm going with you. I'm going to take the Bears on this too. A part of me is nervous though about Trubisky yeah. and him trying to do too much and feeling the playoff <laughs> pressure. I just want him to realize you got the best defense in the game right there on your on your sideline. Let them win the game. Nick Foles, man, I know he's got some magic going yeah. again. I know this is this is something that I think you and I are both sort of. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I just gotta go defense. My my gut says defense. My history says defense. The Bears, Bears, Darren and me. There it is. Darren Woodson and Teddy Bruschi, they both like the Bears. So everybody out, everybody we've heard pretty much likes the Bears. They all give uh, Philadelphia a thought, but they all like the Bears. When you, and you've told us many times about trying to tell Jim McMahon, get down, do this, protect yourself. Did you have to convince him or did he understand how good he, the defense was that he oh, had he did. and that he didn't have to do? He- he still has NCAA records playing at BYU, throwing the ball 50 times a game. Uh-huh. Well, when he came here, you know, he, he audibled and he might have thrown the ball 25 times a game for right. Now, you don't think he wanted to throw it 50. Uh-huh. But I'm no, sure he did. But he knew you do that and interception for a touchdown and points get put on that that the defense ain't giving up. You know, like Walter fumbling in the Super Bowl and they get a field goal. Right. Shut out over. Uh-huh. We'd have stayed in that game and shut them out too, baby. Sure. You understand? Sure. Don't don't lose the game trying to win it Yeah. yourself. And I got a feeling that, Matt, I, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, the one thing he's done this year is he is he has grown. He has shown that he, he's playing within himself. And I know it always sounds like a strange thing, playing within himself. Basically, he's not, not trying to do everything himself. He knows as long as he goes out there and runs the game plan that Matt Nagy gives him, that Bears team should, well, could and should win this game today. As long as he stays out of that diva megalomania <laughs> that you can just magically make something happen. Right. You know, stay, that means stay in yourself. Realize what you can do, what your limitations are. And every time somebody goes outside of that, pushes that yeah. envelope, they screw up. Uh-huh. Don't do that. No, there's no reason. How much do you think the loss of Trey Burton today is going to hurt the team? Well, you know, I know he's been part of the offense this year, but not like most tight ends in the offense that are the main, you know. Right. They're they're the one they're looking for in that progression. Yeah. When the play starts first. Well, I mean. Burton ain't been that. there's, There's been. Over the last couple of games on the completions, he's the guy that you can complete the ball to over the middle. He's the guy you can throw to the sideline to him. To him and uh, Trubisky has seemed to have a pretty good but relationship with him. That's that's a play Shaheen can make. It is. Hopefully Shaheen can, like you said, not you know, hit his head on the turf. Burton, Burton isn't like Robinson. When you see him running his pattern and he plants his foot in the ground, he gets separation yes, he does. from that defensive back. Oh, and that's what Trubisky's looking for, baby. Yeah. Burton ain't that kind of guy. Yeah. Well, that's Shaheen. Mm-hmm. You know, let, what, what the tight end is valuable in this offense, Fred, is how when Trubisky extends the play, go find an open zone and let him find you. Right. And throw it to you for a first down. Mm-hmm. You know, in between the coverage... Go, go find an open zone when he's running around and let him throw it to you. 
Hopefully the Bears win. Hopefully we'll be doing this again as the Bears get ready to take on the Rams next week out That's, in. That should have been my bold prediction. We will do a show next week. That could be. Could have been your bold prediction. Of course, and we're going to play at night and we might have a Maybe, show. Anyway. Yeah, we may not do it, so we'll figure it out. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Sean Davis and Felix Reyes for all their help. Thanks to Jeff Dickerson. Don't forget, Jay Hood is on immediately after the game. He'll be right here playing all the sound bites, getting the post game and everything else from the game, the Bears and the Eagles. Here, let me make a, the biggest poll prediction you, you ever seconds. made. Uh, the Bears are going to the Super Bowl, and the radio station will send us to the Super Bowl to do our show. That's as bold as it Boy, ever gets. That's as bold as it's ever Give it a listen. This is the Bears 2018 season in review. Thanks for listening here at ESPN 1000. The Bears are hiring Matt Nagy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, two days after he's eliminated. He will be hired as the Bears' head coach. He is in the building right now. They are finalizing that contract. He will be the Bears' new head coach. I come here and I start meeting everybody, and you see where they're at. They're hungry, and the fans are hungry, and I get the that. The Raiders are planning to trade Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears in a move that will bolster the Bears' pass rush, and the Bears could afford to pay Mack because they pay the young quarterback and Mitchell Trubisky. But if everything works out today, Mack is on his way to Chicago. What's the Mack attack all about? Oh, domination. domination. Packers, Bears. And this time he's going to go down. It's going to be picked off by Mack. Mack with the interception. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. How crazy was that? Robertson Harris extracted the ball. 28 yards, and Khalil Mack is already the defensive MVP of the season. Rodgers surveying, fires. That's caught. Randall Cobb into Chicago territory. Randall Cobb inside the 20-yard line. Randall Cobb is going to score. 75 yards. That is crazy. This could set the Chicago Bears back 100 years. There's no way they could lose this game. Trubisky, look out, loses the ball on a fourth down play. Nick Perry. And, and, the and first Green one Bay is going to win it. All right, well, obviously, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one for us. It stings. Um, yeah, I want our guys to, to feel that. They understand. I want our coaches to feel it. Um, you know, we, we talked about finishing, and, and we didn't do that. I feel like I left a lot of throws out there. I definitely have to go back to the film. Uh, I know on a few of those I got happy feet. to 17. Trubisky with a couple of touchdown passes. That defense was dominant in the first half with that guy. The new addition, Khalil Mack. Domination. Bears at Cardinals. Second down and eight. Stumbles forward and loses the ball. Bears have it. Khalil Mack forces the fumble. Well, the Bears are that much away from going two and one for the first time in four years. And the Cardinals drop to 0 3. First time since 2005, and the Bears survive. Team win uh, collectively, and I know um, again it, it's this is uh, you know for our defense three weeks in a row now where they've they've done some special things. 
Buccaneers at Bears. Down and goal, they try the same play again, and this time a touchdown to Taylor Gabriel. The sixth touchdown pass in this game for Trubisky, who had 12 starts a year ago through seven. I'm so happy for Mitch. It's it's great to see him uh, get the stats to go along with his preparation, his hard work. It felt good out there. Uh, everything that Coach Nagy was calling was working, and we just we just kept rolling. Bears at Dolphins. The snap, the kick for the win, and it's one run. The kick for the win. It's good. Dolphins win in overtime. For the most part, we did a pretty good job, and then obviously Cody and the rest of us would have liked him to make that, but um, that's a that's a part of this game, and uh, we win as a team and we lose as a team. Patriots at Bears. Desperation mode for Chicago. Trubisky uncorks. Deep ball on the way. It is caught, but he couldn't get in. Stopped at the one. The Bears will fall short. It is Kevin White. Chicago came that close to a miracle toss. Jets set Bears. In the secondary, he goes, and he will not be caught. Touchdown, Chicago. Now you're seeing the electricity. When you leave Cohen one-on-one and he has that much space, you ain't touching him. Final score is Chicago 24 and New York 10. Loving it. You know, I get to uh, touch the ball a lot more, uh, more often than last year. More consistent than last year, I feel. So, uh, yeah, I'm loving it right now. Bears at Bills. That's another takeaway from the Bears. Leonard Floyd with a touchdown for Chicago. Jordan Howard bouncing inside into the Mitch, uh, he has a, a right shoulder that we're, uh, you know, that we're we're dealing with right now, and it's uh, it's something that uh, is going to be day to day for us. Bears at Giants. What's coming? Daniel in trouble. Just lets it fly. Going deep for Gabriel. Not Time the Giants with an exciting 30 to 27 win. Rams at Bears. They got all kinds of defensive players in the game right now. Michael Brockers is in there. Nick's in the backfield, a tailback, and here we go. Trubisky throws, and that's caught by Bradley Soul, lineman, eligible for the touchdown. And the Rams stay alive. They can another interception. Mukamara this time. Four picks. Bear defense. One for the books tonight. We gave the game ball to the city and to the fans, and that's what it's all about. Our players appreciate it. It was absolutely electrifying from the start to the finish. I mean, it was it was just powerful. Packers at Bay. Rogers. End zone throw, and it's intercepted. And it's Eddie Jackson. Who said it's personal after week one, giving up the winning touchdown against Rodgers. What a turnaround for the Bears, and the Monsters of the Midway are back. 
Nagy, Trubisky, and this defense, the NFC North champs, uh, they reign in Chicago as they defeat the Packers here today. We went through last year uh, not winning any division games, so I would like to say, you know, we came from the bottom, and we finally got to the top now. Bears and Vikings. Corner, Luka Mara in motion. The pass is caught for the two-point conversion. It's Kwiatkowski. They had a corner, Troy, and a linebacker, Nick Kwiatkowski. Nagy in this offense. Man, impressive. A stifling defense, an exciting offense. The best Bears team in years. And now, it's playoff time. It's a lot of excitement. You know, again, I mean, this is what everybody works so hard for. You know, again, um, since day one we came in here, you know, we set our goals in our division to put us in this in this position right here. You have those aspirations at the beginning of the season. You you want to be in that hunt at the end of the day. What are you? But remember what I said. It's about unfinished business. You got me? And we got we got bigger things, we got bigger goals.